Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Y'all's the hate on all of my moves, but now niggas on it. They used to bait me on me and my views, but now niggas on it. I used to tell them I had me a show, but now niggas on it. Her homies on it. Your homies on it. Y'all's the hate on all of my moves, but now niggas on it. They used to bait me on me and my views, but now niggas on it. I used to tell them I had me a show, but now niggas on it. Her homies on it. Your homies on it. What up, what up, baby? We back. Realist Podcast Summer, man. We are here on a Tuesday afternoon uh, following the weekend. People was hitting me up on a holiday. I'm like, don't y'all got some barbecue to eat or something no, like that? No, they don't. Some Hennessy to drink? Yo, like, motherfuckers really are displaced. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is what y'all get when grandma 54. Seriously, nowhere yeah. to go when it's holiday time. And prom becomes more important than everything oh, <laughs> else in the family. You got no money for the cookout. Yo, them fucking lights is killing me today. You, no, you got no cookout budget, none of that. Damn. Uh, shout out to everybody out there, man. Uh, we just coming off Memorial Day weekend. Shout out to the nine people that went to Cancun. Apparently, that's that's on the tail end of uh, a being that lit. Was the thing that do? was, listen, that like, was like the million man march going to Cancun, <laughs> brother. Uh, <laughs> Cancun used to be the million man march, man. Yeah. A million niggas walking down the street going to that one big ass club. I forget the name of it. Uh, wearing all white <laughs> all saw, weekend. You saw there was a mass shooting down in Florida uh, Memorial Day down there at uh, Hollywood Beach. Yeah. yeah. Ridiculous, man. Pray and then when I seen it afterwards, it was because, you know, you see mass shooting and you just thinking crazed gunmen opening firearms and renters. Then it was like altercation between two crews. They're looking for a man with dreads and cargo shorts. I'm like, ah, that was some niggas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Niggas start firing in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Now I see what's going on. Yeah, man. Prayers up to all of the families, everybody that was affected by that. I don't think anyone died, thank God. Okay, good. They said one of the people struck was a 15-year-old and, uh, you know, I think all in all was seven or eight people. Yeah, let's do this. We could do this early in the show. Uh, We are a minute and 43 seconds in. Uh, I'm not going nowhere outside with niggas. Like, with a lot of niggas, (laughs) you are tripping. Like, you, unless you got... Uh, what you say last week? Unless you got airport I security? I don't like her. She got securities. Like, of course she does. <laughs> you niggas are insane. <laughs> I'm not going nowhere yeah, with man. you niggas outdoors, unregulated, in the wild, with no security. Yeah, like, in the wild is crazy. And <laughs> the wild is really just any Any street, corner. Yeah, any, any boulevard. Any street avenue. Any boulevard, yeah. avenue, street, yeah, man. Uh, circle, terrace, anything like that where <laughs> niggas is at, you are in danger. Yeah, man. And the problem with niggas is this, man. And I didn't even plan to start like this. But the problem with niggas is we shoot everything. Like, yo, it don't matter you, what it yo, is. Like, we shoot like, it. Shooting now is just like. It's par for the course. Yo, like, yo. You are going to. You get into a conversation with a black male or female anywhere on earth. You are going to get shot. Someone. And a lot of people kept sending it to me this past week. Because, you know, I, I drove the bus for years. Rest in peace to the young brother who got killed on the 23 uh, last week. But it was a situation where a young guy, I think 15 years old in that situation, yeah. he got killed on 23 after having some words with somebody on the bus. On the you, bus. I, I, I drove the bus day in and day out. That drone is 40 feet long. It's 10 and a half feet high, and it is, I think, 10.8 wide. Yeah. Like, that's a small Confined area. space. That's a small area. And I used to say that shit all the time. It's a powder keg. When you're talking about the small buses got 40 seats, the RTX got 62. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about a space that's 40 by 10 by 10, 
or 62 by 10 by 11, and you put 60 people in every one of those chairs. And you know, before pandemic, that joint used to get so crowded. Too. I remember driving bus where I couldn't see out the door. Right. I, yo, yo, yeah. Do y'all slide back a little bit? <laughs> where we going to go? Big dog? Like, I remember that. So you're talking about 70, maybe 80 people. You got 80 different sets of problems, 80 different personalities, 80 different energies, yeah. 80 different mind states. You don't know when that shit going to go left. And to be in the society of the way it moves now where back in the day, and when I say back in the day, I mean a, a matter of a couple years. Yeah, pre-pandemic. <laughs> right, right. You, you would have, I used to see fights and arguments, but you didn't have in the same week where you got multiple shootings on buses. Did you see the shit in Charlotte where the driver had a clapping yeah, situation? Yeah, yeah. Everybody been hitting me like, yo, send us the mat. I'm like, I'm sure he's seen it. And uh, <laughs> uh, I'm sure he's seen it. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say this because, you know, it, you, you're not, what do they say? I'm partial. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, you know, and I don't even know if I'm supposed to be saying this, but it's the realest podcast ever. I'm going to just be real. The rules in most transit authorities is that as a operator, you're Can't not have a supposed weapon. to have a, a weapon at work. That's the rule for your employment. Here's my biggest problem with that, is that the state permits me to carry a gun concealed at all times. Yeah. So it's kind of like a bit annoying to live in this environment that's as extreme as it is, and then because of my job, I have to put aside not only my state-given right, but realistically my Second Amendment. Yeah. I have to, like, forego that for the sake of employment. And then I have to go out into a place, like you say, out into the wild where I'm around some of, if not the craziest individual. Like, let's Of be, all time. Let, of all time. This of, is the craziest generation of all time. Like, Bar you, none. You, you know, let, let's just be frank. Earth is cooked. I, I totally understand why Richard Bronson and them is trying to get up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm out of here. It's, Listen, it's I, watch, I watched this show on uh, on Apple TV the last of uh, the last week or so called Foundation, and it basically talks about like abandoning Earth, and then you know we start inhabiting the galaxy. I'm like, damn, that's a good idea. Yeah. Like they got something called the Sky Bridge, where fucking you get on a spaceship and then they drop you down to the other planets. I'm like, oh, this is phenomenal. They got you know, oxygen and everything. And and of course the video started going up online, and you know it goes into these groups that I'm still a part of on Facebook and shit like that. Yeah. So you start seeing all these opinions, and of course I noticed immediately that when that situation happened in Charlotte, the GM for their authority came right on the news and was like, yeah, he's fired. We don't permit weapons from any operator while they had worked. And I'm like, that's cool. And that's the narrative that's always going to be pumped from the authority standpoint. My problem is that man on that bus pulled that gun out and was two feet away from the back of his head. Yeah. Like people don't dig that. Like when you're driving a bus, all of these crazy ass people are behind you. Yeah, you had a disadvantage. And you know, they started the whole thing with the shield and the, and the shield realistically did nothing yeah. because people still can reach up and throw shit, put shit over the top, do whatever the fuck crazy shit they want to do. My biggest thing is, and I'm speaking from a place of someone where I know it probably ain't, ain't you don't want to hear it, but I used to be, I, I'm, I'm going to just say this, I'm permitted to carry a weapon in the state of Pennsylvania. I'll leave it at that. And I, I think, like, what if I would have got in, you know what I'm saying? And the situation was so crazy, a lot of people don't pee because they're not really, like, 
operators or drivers, but you know what I noticed in that situation? When they're shooting at each other, did you realize the bus was up on the curb? Yeah. He was up on the curb on the grass. It's like you could have ran over 55 people. Cause you, you know, it's hard to yeah, steer the bus and nigga. turn yeah, into John Wick. Yeah, like that. <laughs> <laughs> what was Keanu name and speed? Oh, what was his name? Oh, uh, fuck. As we all scramble to figure right. out the day. Cause I know it if I fucking hear it. That's the crazy part. Uh, everything comes up but the goddamn yeah, but the cast. Jack Travin. Jack. Like, you got to be John and Jack. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, and that's difficult as shit. So I just, to myself, like, what happens if I get in, would have actually had some shit like that pop yeah. off? Because at the end of the day, you know, let's be frank. Once that guy pulls that gun out, Everything heightens. The seriousness of this goes through the fucking roof. And if the driver doesn't have a gun, you know where this could have ended. Mm-hmm. And that was my biggest knock on, on where that position went dealing with the world we deal with now. Yeah. Where a lot of people who sit in a lot of these desk jobs, a lot of these uh, boardroom positions, they're not actually out in the street dealing with these people day in and day out. Right. You know, let's be real. Even people when, like, you talk to old heads and they be like, yeah, I drove the bus for 35 years. I, you know, and it'd be like, well, yeah, you drove in the 70s and 80s when I'm not saying it wasn't crazy, but it wasn't as ridiculously lawless as it is now. Yeah, 14-year-olds wasn't clapping people on a routine basis. I used to then. catch the bus every day. I used to catch the 27 and the 65 every day. And the most you might have is motherfuckers pulling the stop, playing around. Yeah. To where the driver got to turn the goddamn bell off. As a teenager. I, I remember that. As a teenager. Yeah, as a teenager, <laughs> I remember, you know, we used to get around on SEPTA <laughs> everywhere. Like, we used to get around everywhere on SEPTA. You know what I'm saying? Me, Ricky, Kabir, all my homies and stuff. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's. Like that, we going to 69th Street, we going here, there, here, here. At one point, at the height of like during my high school years, 15, no less than 15 to 30,000 kids would converge on 15th Street Station, catching a train uh, back and forth from, you know, from coming from Franklin and uh, FLC and Central and Girls High and this and this and this. And the most you would have was a fight. The most. Now, routine or a roll on. Now, routinely, there's shootings on the train, at the train station, like, in the tunnel. Like, yo, I, I, I can't count on one hand the amount of people that have been clapped on a vehicle or near a vehicle in the last, like, three, four months. Yeah. Every day it seems like there's somebody getting clapped down in the train. Like, literally, it, it just, it, it wasn't like that. So now to be out, and I, I tell all my peoples, man, that, that do it day in the old, be safe, man. Because yeah. that, that shit is just like, it, like, Getting like yo, see you. You never drove the bus, so it's hard for me trying to make it. Like I like driving the, you know, you you, you know, you getting it in, right? <laughs> you you know. Next stop, Broad Street, baby, we rolling. <laughs> and out of nowhere, you hear pop, 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 and you turn around and it's somebody slumped yeah, on the bus. That's crazy. And you just like, what the fuck? And then your job is like how you handle the situation exactly. determines on whether or not you gonna get paid next Thursday. That's insane. 
Yeah, that's nuts, man. I didn't go to fucking Quantico. <laughs> <laughs> I went to CDL school. <laughs> I didn't like. I didn't go to Fletch. <laughs> You ever seen federal law enforcement? Yeah. Like, I didn't go to Fletch. I went to Allstate. This is insanity, dog. And unfortunately. Yeah, and they really, no, I'm not, not a control. Yeah. They really be like, yeah, man, you, you could have handled that a lot better. Yeah. And it'd be like, man, somebody got their head blown off <laughs> six feet away but from But here's me. the thing. The only way you don't end up with that level of scrutiny is you got to die. Yeah, if yeah, not, dog, then you fall dog. under immediate scrutiny of how well or bad you handled this. This is a crisis situation. You all got right. law enforcement people. Think about all of the fucking, uh, all of the blowback that happened with Uvalde because the police was scared. They're trained to deal with shit like this. Yeah. And they were scared to go in there because they're like, we don't know if it's two shooters, three shooters, whatever. It took the parents to go in there yeah. and put their lives in danger to rescue their children. Yeah, because to so, you, it's just a kid. To me, that's Amanda. That's Like, it's a big this is, difference. This is my family. Yeah. This is my, my flesh and blood. So for you as a bus driver to fall under any level of scrutiny yeah, in a crisis situation, and like you said, in a powder keg, in a small, confined space, Anything other than you dying should be great job. Dog. You survived. Dog. The 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 GM for that fucking bus uh, authority went on there and was like, he didn't use the proper de-escalation. And it's like, the nigga pulled out a gun. What the fuck de-escalation? The only de-escalation he could have probably used is like, you remember the nigga from from a from a basic instinct that became magnetic? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only di- distinction. I mean, uh, uh uh, de-escalation. de-escalation you could have probably done in that situation it's just crazy to think that you for your employment you could be in a situation where you just working you just working yeah because it wasn't me that took it to this heightened level right. of ridiculousness you just working and somebody go as far as pulling out a auto semi-automatic weapon and you react to that with your license semi-automatic. Yeah. You see that the, the state hasn't charged him. The nigga who got... That, mind you, they both shot each other. Mm-hmm. He shot him in the stomach. He shot him in the arm. They locked him up. He's in the hospital yeah. locked up. The driver is not locked up. Yeah. So it's just like... You pay vacation. It's just... Who the fuck wants to go through these situations for your right to just be able to, like, pay bills? Yeah. That's insane to me. It's, it's man, we we're we're in a society, man, right now where it's um you know it's it's more touch and go than ever, and it's like you don't know what people are dealing with. You got people out here with undiagnosed mental health issues walking around in the streets acting like they normal. And here's the thing: no matter how stringent the gun laws are, it favors the criminals. The criminals don't give a fuck about the gun laws. In the places where the gun laws are the strictest, you see the criminals have the most fucking firearms. Mm-hmm. Look at New York, New York City in particular. They got the strictest gun laws in the United States of America, and motherfuckers is still dying in Brooklyn, the Bronx, and Queens like it's going out of style. Yeah. You know why? Because criminals don't give a fuck about your gun laws. Yeah. So the only way the to only balance it... only people who fall under gun laws are civilians. <laughs> are civilians. Yeah, yeah they give So a the fuck. only yeah. way to balance that is to give the civilians... A fair shot at this shit by allowing them to have fucking firearms, which is why the New York State Supreme Court repealed that law. And they're like, this is some bullshit. This shit is not only unconstitutional, it's just civically unfair no. because you're putting people at a every at a statistical and a categorical disadvantage by the fact that, like, I know you don't got a gun. Yeah. I know you don't have a gun. Uh, Harrison Ford, who's Indiana Jones, motherfuckers worth $500 <laughs> million. He went to New York and applied for a gun license. They told him no. Get your whip 
And, <laughs> and, and you be safe. Get you some rocks. Once <laughs> you got that little satchel, <laughs> you better keep get you some real up. sharp rock. Get yeah. some rocks, sharpen them Jones yeah. up, and get the work, Indiana Jones. You know, and I, I just look at just where we are. Like it, 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 it. I don't remember it being like that. And I'm telling you, as someone that did that shit day in and day out, and you know, I used to work a lot of OT. I was doing that shit every day. Yeah, like. I didn't. I don't even know how I would react to somebody getting their head blown off on the bus, and I still gotta like maintain yeah. what's going on and this. To, it just like I remember uh, years ago, lady that was working with me. She was driving the bus, and they the guy had stole a four wheeler, and they were chasing him. The people he stole the four wheeler from, yeah. and he lost control of the shit and like hit the bus, oh, shit. and he went under the bus. And she was like, he went under, like, he, she saw him coming. He came, like, on the diagonal, like, catacorner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, came up on the curb and lost control of the four-wheeler and slammed in and went under the bus. And she looked out the driver's window. His head came out. Oh. And she just, like, didn't want to drive the bus. And, and literally, you had people who were there, like, oh, I mean, what, like, what's the big did? And it's just like, bro, she saw somebody head. Like, that's not normal. This is not normal. But people who sit downtown, they, they don't see it. And you're not a part of it. Something yesterday I noticed a couple of the drivers I seen were complaining about how many people were outside riding the bus yesterday, mm -hmm. like how heavy the load. And I'm like, that's some shit again, where these people who work these downtown desk, downtown desk jobs and work down at these boardrooms, they exist in a different community than we exist in. Yeah. And then we kind of exist in this community only because we work in it. And people don't realize if you live in Society Hill or if you live out in fucking Gladwin or if you live in, <laughs> seriously, yeah. you don't really understand the politics and the nuances of what's going on in especially the low income parts of the city. Yeah. When you have a holiday, the ridership doesn't decrease. It in certain parts, it, it increases, increases yeah. because everybody's not at school, not at work. They're outside trying to get to where and for, so the, it, the low, and I saw people yesterday like holiday, Sunday schedule my ass, like we getting killed out and it's just like, yeah, that shit used to kill me when they would do that put us on sunday schedule on a holiday on monday because in these certain areas this ain't plymouth meeting yeah that, seriously it, you getting we're not smoked. kicking it by the pool oh you getting smoked out here i remember that shit you do the 60 and all that shit on a holiday that shit would be nuts because you know sunday schedule would reduce mm -hmm. and it's a lot of little things where especially for me being so much of a thinker you really see the disconnect between what actually goes on in the street and what these people who work at the headquarters think is going on. Yeah. It's so fucking vastly different. It's not even funny. Let me ask you this. If you had to uh, guess, you know, give me like a, a rough percentage. How many people that, you know, come from uh, either, you know, being an operator or being dispatched end up in those positions downtown that are able to actually speak to the real life experience of like what the day to day is like for those people? Or is it just all like outsourced, like completely a whole different career path? It kind of works like people in the, like the political space where when you talk about aldermen, when you talk about council members, when you talk about uh, what's another position that's relatively close to like the people, State rep. State rep a lot. Most of those positions are people from the inner city, yeah. from around. Look at Kenyatta. Look at Kathy. Look at Morgan. Look at... Uh, yeah, Vincent Hughes. He's at, a senator, but look at Vincent Hughes. At the end of the day, even when you look at... Uh, 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 what was the mayor? Um, 
street. Yeah. You look at uh, Nutter. They're from Philadelphia. And mm-hmm. Mayor Nutter went to Penn and was DJing. That's how Rob, yeah. like, yeah. You look at Milton Street with, I mean, uh, uh, John Street. John Street with Milton. Uh, these people, are, so when you start going higher and higher up, once you start getting to, you know, Governors and all. now you're talking about think about governor in yeah. in Pennsylvania. You're talking about some of the upper crust people that you know wasn't it to me. It kind of works the same way when you talk about corporate situations. Like you don't technically see someone start off as a cleaner at the D. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba da ba ba ba. And make it all the way to, you know, head of surface. But what happens is the person they bring in to run head of surface ran head of surface for Los Angeles mm-hmm. or for San Diego or for Phoenix or for the. That's kind of how it works. Yeah. You look at the GM now, except that she came in. You know what I'm saying? She didn't like rise up. Right. And that's just kind of how it go. So you'll see people who start off as like a cleaner make it the operator. Then the operator make it the supervisor. Yeah. Then if you do the right shit, you can go from supervisor to. to uh, uh, Chief supervisor, and then you might make it to downtown working in some sort in the certain division. Yeah, but you don't really see them make it all the way to like. So, the super so, top. so, so, what safeguards um, and experiences are these people putting in place to where they have a decent handle on what's happening on the streets? Like, what's that process like? All right, so you live in America, like I do. Yeah, like most of the people listening to this show. Although we do have. We have uh, downloads in 82 countries now, so please. You know what I'm saying? No disrespect to none of the people outside of America, but we're just talking about American politics. America as a country, at least to me, is very reactionary as opposed to preventative. That's a fact. You understand what I'm saying? So let's just look at TSA. Do you rem- A lot of younger people don't dig it, but like, you remember TSA didn't exist. I remember when I went to college in Atlanta, we... we- Took so much stuff no. to college on the plane. Like, yo, straight out. <laughs> this was August of 2001, right before 9 11 happened. Yo. And then I remember immediately after the first time I came home in October having to deal with TSA and all, it was a whole new world. It was it, it, like it didn't exist. Yeah. So a lot of people don't dig it. Like, you you go back to, I'm like popping it, you could smoke cigarettes on the plane. Dead ass. Like, Dan, you imagine Dan with a hookah on the plane? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody getting some of this emphasis. Like, that's just how it go. Whereas, like, now you have all of these things in play, but it all comes at the behest of something that already happened. Gotcha. So, TSA got implemented, you know, 9-11, all of that shit. Okay, cool. You can't bring anything sharp, any this, that, and the yeah, third. No liquid. No, that was after the, the guy had the whole thing with the water bottle. Okay, got it. So then the guy does the thing where he brings the shit in the water bottle. Now you can't bring no liquid. Then the guy has the bomb in his shoe. Now you got to take your shoes, shoes off. off. Right. It's all reactionary to something that happened. And the reality is, if somebody's planning some shit, they're planning something y'all ain't even on because y'all worried about some shit that already happened. Exactly. And that's kind of the way all of these different corporate entities and a lot of like the, there are good ones that are real innovative. Like when you talk about um, certain department entities and this and the third, but uh, for the most part, a lot of these transit agencies, police departments, they're like three and four years Got it. Maybe even decades behind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I say that all the time when I used to look at how we used to pick our runs and shit. It's very archaic. 
There's not like there there there's so many more. Yeah, things. The, the fact that y'all was still having to physically show up somewhere and pick your route is like on a piece me? of paper. On a piece of paper. Sign. Like this is just it shows you where y'all are kind of at. Yeah. And then when they haul off and try to step into the new thing, like you remember that whole key card shit that took place in a couple years? You know they scrapping that already. Right. It was like a twenty million dollar drone that they just man nah, we ain't fuck with it because it's it's not working. Mm-hmm. We can't figure out the kinks. We can't fit. It, it's too much. So it's like y'all are trying to go from you know. 86 to... Yeah, from analog to, to digital. Fast. Yeah. It don't work like that. And it's so, when it should have been a progressive build and you would have been there already. But when you're not necessarily, like, connected to what's going on, you you really don't have a, a, a clue. Yeah. So you, you, you come out with all these hybrid buses that are essentially junk. Yeah. Now you got to get people to do this and do this and that. Now they got to keep coming off the street and you switch... It's just a lot that go into it. So me personally, I look at not even just them, just all over the country. There are a lot of people in these positions that because you don't understand certain things, you're like, think about how we look at law. How many Kevs do you really know? Like, yeah. it ain't Less many. Than a handful. It ain't many DAs and working in this that really come from that to really understand yeah. certain nuances and certain uh, if so factos and certain politics that go on in a lot of these situations. So I used to say that shit all the time where I'd be like, yo, like I would mention something and they would almost be like, shut up. You don't know what you're talking <laughs> right. And then you come to find out like, oh, no, he was right. And it'd just be like, yeah, nigga, I like, you know, you know, my yeah. grandpa live across the street. <laughs> Like, these really my people. Like, right. I know these. <laughs> like, I'm not guessing. I'm not making this shit up. And, you know, the, the sad part is when you talk about corporate, you have to be so buttoned up and so structured to get ahead that a lot of people from that don't really want to do that. Yeah. Like, when I would look at my depot and the dudes who had the best ideas and had the best thoughts and the best understanding of shit, they were the furthest away from getting up into management. Yeah. But then I would talk to this white guy who's driving at my depot for six months, and he's telling us at the table, yeah, they asked me to be manager twice already. And I'm like, I don't want to do it. And I'm like, they asked you twice? What? He's like, yeah, I keep turning them down. <laughs> then you see another guy who has no facial hair, black, no facial hair, shirt always tucked in, which ain't a bad thing, but yeah. I just One know. One prim and proper brothers. Right, and then you you know he get in his car and he go far away from this because he ain't even remotely close to the shit. And he's yeah. like, yeah, they keep asking me to be a manager. And it's just like it ain't shocking that they keep asking y'all right. to. But then these people over here that when they get off work, they across the street or they down the block or what you know. Yeah. What I mean? It's just it's a lot of little yeah workplace politics. It's a lot of them that are really really like. I guess Dan got to work 80 <laughs> minutes into the show. Like, but um, yeah, man, I, I just, that's a, that's a rough gig, yo. Yeah. That's a rough gig, man. And I'm going to say this, because you're going to understand what I'm saying. Being put in a position nowadays where you have to be authoritative, putting someone in a position where they have to be authoritative and then not giving them any authority yeah. is absolutely batshit insane. Yeah, you're putting them at a grave disadvantage. So you look at, like, police officers. Do you get why police officers can pull up on a block and say, what's going on here? Because at the end of the day, we have sticks and guns and tasers, and we will put y'all in zip ties and take y'all out of here, and then we'll make up some shit. Yeah, and so, if you fucking do something to one of us, we're going we're gonna to embarrass you so fucking bad in the court of law that you're going to wish you didn't fucking do it. We're going to make an example out of so you. So when you look at... Think about teachers. Teachers don't have much authority yeah. when it comes to putting these kids in Bro, a place. Real quick, to take a to take a pause on that topic. 
I have never seen so many videos, so many situations play out in You're real time right in man. real time where where you see teachers being flat out assaulted Duh. by students, young students, high school students, middle school students, all of that shit. There was a situation we talked about it on Patreon a while ago, a kindergartner Brung a gun to school and shot his teacher because they had a prior dispute. Yeah. These kids are out of their goddamn minds. I saw a John where the high school students, it's the same scenario every time. Give me my phone back. Give me my phone. Mm-hmm. Give me my phone. So that's a whole nother case study that needs to be conducted on. These kids are addicted to their phone. I'm a, I'm a good. <laughs> that's a whole nother case study. Give me my phone. Give me my phone. I saw a student, a young black uh, woman, a uh, young lady, maced her teacher three yeah, times and made her on world star. Give me my phone back. And then when the other teachers pulled up, cause they didn't want to get maced. They like, well, just give her the phone back. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on here? So it's like you said, authority without actual authority. You can't, you can't put me in that. That was my biggest gripe. That for me personally, that was my biggest gripe where you can't put me on a bus with 50 strangers and expect me to keep authority when I don't have any actual authority to yeah. use. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like the whole, you know, you know what the whole situation popped in Charlotte about? And I know someone here that got into a situation over some shit like that. Do you know what made that whole situation pop? No. He wanted to get off the bus where it wasn't a bus stop. Got it. And you let me off right here, Duke. And you following the rules. No, nah, man, I can't let you off here. I gotta let you off at a designated stop. Man, open the fucking door if I fuck you up. Nah, what, oh, brother, you ain't going to talk to me like, because I'm a man. You're not going to speak right. to me like that. I fucked you up, and then to the moon. Yeah. And if I let him off the bus where it ain't no stop, and he get smacked by a Camry. Now it's liability. Now I'm the, I, so yeah. there is no win in a lot of these yeah, situations. It's a lose-lose situation. I know someone personally who had the same situation like that. Someone wanted to get off the bus at a certain place. He was like, I'll let you out of the corner where it's safe. Drove down to the corner, opened the door, dude swung on him. Bam! Stolen. He get out the seat, rumble a nigga. They come, yeah, why you get out the seat fighting back? You held off. Was fired for two months. Had to go through all kind of bullshit to get his job. I'm not making this shit up. So when you're in these situations, you it's you gotta think fast. Yeah. Like real quick. Do I wanna do I wanna pay Pico next week? I'm not yeah. bullshitting, dog. You gotta think real Damn. quick. That's crazy. That's nuts, right? I know a situation where someone was driving the bus and someone was getting their ass beat on the bus. I mean, off the bus. Yeah. Like, in the street, he was coming down. Motherfucker runs up to the window. Help me, bro. Help me. Then he's like, yo, man, I, I can't get into that. Man, you a pussy. Mm. Stole him through the window. Why you ain't help me? You see me getting jumped. Why you help me? You see me getting jumped, nigga? <laughs> Everybody I'm speaking about got their jobs back and their kids still. But it's just... Let's like, clap it up for that. Yeah, like, having uh, to go through this dumbass shit on uh, a day and like, dog, I could... T- Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I tell you so many ridiculous stories, though. You, it would make your head spin. And, excuse me, that's my, for me, that was my biggest thing, where I picked these kids up. And granted, I never really got into it much with the kids. The biggest thing, I, I used to do saw school tripper towards the end of my career, and the, the kids would just be loud. Like, the, you know, young girls just scream for whatever wow. reason. Just loud. And I would tell them, yo, can y'all bring the screen? Just screaming. Bring that down. 
they would bring it down and get back to screaming a little bit. Yeah. Let's see how loud we can get. You know? <laughs> Wait till we get on the highway. Nigga crack these decibels. Nigga can't do nothing on the highway. <laughs> like, but I never had no issue where I had to like about to be fighting no kid or no yeah. crazy shit like that. But the way these kids act, I, yeah, I've seen it. I've seen. They are unruly. I've come into the depot and heard, wait, what happened on so-and-so? Or what happened on so and And it'd be like, oh, well, so-and-so didn't do X, Y, Z, so they held him off. And it'd just be like, wait, what? Like, what, what sense does this make? None. Limited sense at best. Like, but that's where you at. So that, for me, is my biggest thing with a lot of these different things where, and like you said, the, the situation with the kids, with the parents, I mean, with the, uh, with the teachers, I, I like dog. I, I I was speaking to someone recently who's a teacher, and she was telling me how like the the kids come to school with the phones, and she do young young kids mm-hmm. with the phone phone out during class. Ah, right, give me that. You know what I'm saying? The mom is is calling you. Yeah, I pay that bill. Give me his phone back. They don't make me this come is up property. There. So it's like these kids really don't have an understanding of what's right and what's wrong, and then they become adults, and then they come outside and. You look at them, and they don't have an understanding of what's right and what's wrong. I'll never forget this shit. This is the f- this, and, and I know I've said so many crazy bus stories. This, this is the joke when I knew we just on some different shit in society. Yeah. I was driving to 60, and I remember the day I picked it because I knew I was having surgery that summer. And this was 2018, and I remember, I'll never forget it. Lee was at my depot with me. She was sitting with me, Roe, and Pimp. And I went in the back, and I came down, and they was like, what you pick? I was like, I took the 60. And everybody like, they was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I only took it because I know I'm having surgery, and I'm going to be out yeah. for two months. And basically did it to get a run out of the way. You, yeah. You're supposed to do cool shit like that. When you know you're going to be out, or you know you're about to transfer into something, you go back and pick a bullshit run to get it off the board, yeah. to leave good shit for people. That's kind of why I did it. I was being a... You are being altruistic. I was being, you know what I'm saying? I should have picked some dope shit and fuck y'all. <laughs> but yeah, I picked the 60, So, but I had to work it for two weeks before the, the, the yeah. picking started. The second, like right now, they just started a picking... And I was having surgery June 8th. So I knew I was, it was two, mm-hmm. two, three weeks I had yeah. to work it. I went out there on that 60. And when I tell you, I did that shit every day. And this nigga used to get on the bus every day and just walk past me. Like I wasn't <laughs> sitting there. <laughs> and you know how they always say, like, why the fuck you cared? Yeah. After a while, it do kind of like, like oh, I, I'm a bitch. <laughs> Like, imagine just walking in the Wendy's and going behind the counter. <laughs> just making, making your, your fries. <laughs> walking the fuck out. Like, after a while, it do kind of, like, get to you. So this particular day, I was getting smoked. I mean, just a night. It was a Sunday schedule, and 60 on a Sunday is 20 minutes apart. That's the scheduling. Yeah. T- 20 minutes on Allegheny at any time in Earth is nuts. Yeah. Samil was my leader. He fucking uh, went in the book. So now the bus in front of me is 40 minutes right. in front of me. I'm getting annihilated. I call control. I'm like, hey, listen, I'm getting smoked. I, I got We got to do something about the schedule. I'm going to start leaving 10 minutes early on, on my trips because I can't wait. Because I'm literally, this. it's 40 minutes between me and yeah. the bus in front of me. We just can't continue this. He was like, operator, you asking or you telling me? And I'm like, nigga, I'm telling you, if I don't leave <laughs> 10 minutes, I'm, I'm going home. The bus going to be 60 minutes <laughs> with the one behind me. He's like, do your thing, operator. Do what you got to do, whatever. I'm, I'm pissed. I'm coming down the street. I see the nigga who done got on the bus every fucking day. He had fucking K&A, where he always at. <laughs> I pull up, the nigga gets on, and walk right the fuck past me. I turn around, yo, yo, my man, come here. Put something in the box. Do something. Like, you a grown man. Put something in the box. God damn. He was like... 
They stressing you out today. <laughs> I was like, yeah. He's like, don't let him do that to you, big dog. And we won. <laughs> I said, damn, man, I ain't never been chased. <laughs> so cool. Tough times don't last. Tough people do, man. Have a blessed day. Lord, give his toughest, his, his strongest soldiers the toughest battles, big dog. <laughs> <laughs> and Kevin pushed And Kevin moving He didn't think twice about it <laughs> And it's just like Yeah what the fuck I'm you going to You seem like a cool boy yeah. I don't want to kill you In the best <laughs> So You seem alright For seem the last right, couple man. weeks I don't want to have to Fuck you up Don't let them stress you out There's way more people On here than normally When I get on Duh. So I know you I know You You remember the situation Where the bull killed somebody uh, Right on Right on like I think G and F and Allegheny They had the whole surveillance He killed the nigga Ran down the street What'd he do Get on the 60 And it's like Imagine he get on the 60 And he walked right past the driver You hold up Yo yo my man It's like You know what I just came from smoking the nigga (laughs) I got some more bullets (laughs) You can't have any authority With that shit so being in it day in, day out, as it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse, now you got to worry about niggas with guns, niggas bringing pit bulls on as fucking uh, <laughs> support uh, animals, support animals, <laughs> even though it ain't no support animal. You got 500 kids mobbing as you drive. The, it's just too much, dog. All of this, we ain't even get to terrorism or nothing great. <laughs> hey, we ain't even get to none of that. We just had niggerism. <laughs> we just had niggerism. <laughs> what you gonna do, yo, nigga over the trench, nigga. <laughs> Big ass dynamite. Vest. Don't take like, this. Don't take this bus over twenty three miles an hour. This no, bomb no. So yeah, man. Uh, rest in peace to the young man on twenty. We make jokes out of shit because that's kind of what we do. But no, all this shit is serious, and we didn't even plan to get into none of this. No, at all. But it's, it's that just, is not on the rundown. It's just real because you know we experienced it, and people was hitting me left and right, and you know it's a real thing. Um, you know. Hold your head to the guy down there in Charlotte. You did what you had to do. At the end of the day, you leave out of the crib to go to work. You should never be put in a position where your life might end because of the job you're working. Especially when we're not talking about a hazard or freak accident like, you know... Like James Evans. Yeah, this is like, here's the thing. But driving the bus or driving the train or the trolley, whatever, that's not even on the most dangerous jobs list. Like no. that's they're they're not even that's not even considered. We're not a, talking a about coal job. mining. Yeah, we're not or, talking, not or 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 people that you know do swing scaffolding yeah, and stuff like, like that. There are people who fucking do the windows on the Bird Khalif. Like yeah, yeah. like so we're we're not talking about some shit where you have an over the top amount of danger because of the occupation. All we're talking about is the fact that this occupation puts you in the direct contact with the public. Mm-hmm. And that shouldn't be a reason for your life to end or for you to end up in jail or some crazy ass shit. So, you know, there are a lot of things that I think need to change. I know I can't change them because, you know, fuck me at the end of the yeah, game. Yeah. <laughs> but there are a lot of things that need to change when it comes to our energy that we give to strangers the amount of autonomy that we don't give to a people who are in these positions working with the public. Because yeah. every time you see something, like you say, the teachers came down, the girl, Mason, the, the teacher, I'll just give her the phone. Just give her the no, phone. it don't work yeah. like that. Like the cops come and they pin a nigga down and they start Mason him, trying to get him in because the other cops don't be like, man, just let him go. Right. No, we're going to put this nigga in zip ties and then we'll figure out who the fuck right or wrong after that. Yep, we're going to figure it out at the station. Yeah, and if we need to, the FOP going to give us some money. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not bullshit. Yep. That's the way it works. And that, that's the only way you can have true 
authoritative positions is to have, I, I said it years ago. I'm not bullshitting like 2015. It, it needs to be like how they're still on that tip. Like, Oh, as a bus operator, you shouldn't bring no weapon to work. No, you need to have a issued weapon. Yeah. Dead. Sure. I'm not making that shit up. That's me personally. That's how I feel. I could be wrong. That's how I feel. The same way cops have weapons, the same way SEPTA police, they literally would just be like, oh, you get into something called the SEPTA police, and it'd be like, well, they're fighting at Kinsey's in an Allegheny. They're fighting the whole Kinsey's. Mm-hmm. So they don't have time to come the fuck over here. <laughs> Every day, all day, they don't have time to come to 23rd New York. You know what I mean? It takes 12 minutes to get to, to 23rd New York from K&A. Exactly. On a good day. <laughs> on a good day. Some, that should take 35 minutes sometimes. So, yeah. A lot of nonsense in that. Can I tell you last night? It's kind of crazy that I'm even like up and awake. I didn't get any sleep last night. Really? That's not usual for you. You you like a nine ten o'clock. You can't o'clock see it in guy. my face. Like yeah, I, yeah I like yo. Yeah, you listen. like a nine ten o'clock bedtime guy. You want to know what happened last night? I fucked up, man. The game went off, and I started watching a documentary on prepping for Doomsday. Man, <laughs> yo. you can't sleep. I was up all night. I'm looking at bulk ammunition. <laughs> <laughs> Lee came out at like 3.30. She's like, why are you still up? I'm like, we need to get 10,000 bullets and 200 beefaronis <laughs> for the weekend. <laughs> and she's like, what? I'm, I'm going down the rabbit hole. <laughs> I'm going down the rabbit hole. I found a company that builds bunkers and you can buy into it. A- hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Bunker for 7000 I'm like, yo, next time we get a little 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 <laughs> I'm like, yo, I was really like knee deep in that shit last night. Like, you know, we only four chemicals away from a zombie apocalypse. Yo, straight up, I'm dead ass looking at how how many batteries can I buy before they get suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> I was knee deep in the bullshit, but apparently, like the the people really spend millions of dollars in prep for Doomsday, man. Yeah, like I mean, like you know, the one John the bull. They 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 selling slots to a fortress that he made underground. And you can only get in through. This. Yeah, and then the one guy was like, "My biggest problem with that is, what if somebody changes the code after I pay him, and now I can't get in?" And they one boy was saying how at one bunker, you ain't even getting within a half a mile of the bunker and supposed to be there without them not regulating if you're supposed to be there or not. Oh damn! So they was like, only the people who know where it is and what it is yeah. actually know even how to, they's like, you wouldn't even get within a half a mile of it if you didn't know where it was at. Cause it's that secret. Right. Like it's some off some dirt road, some damn. dirt road lift up type <laughs> shit. Like you literally, you ain't even getting close to it if you're not supposed to be there. I never. I've literally never thought about this. I sent it to you. You're gonna be up all night tonight. <laughs> Tell you that. Dog, 
it's crazy how deep that shit go. And they were showing how the, the government is already monitoring people who are preppers yeah. because they know they have like an over-the-top amount of ammunition and goods. And the one John, the bull built his own operating room underground. Oh, damn. Yeah, he's got like a full surgeon. Like, if he if he decided to get in the BBLs, he just come to the crib. Because <laughs> I, I got a whole John down. Pull up. Just pull up. Like, he got the whole operating room, all the fucking medicines, all that shit. Like, it's crazy the extent that people go to to this shit. And I was just up last night looking at it, all stupid. I'm just like, damn. Yeah. That's crazy. I sent it to you. Yeah. You don't call me at six in the morning. <laughs> Bro, podcast <laughs> done. We got to get the fuck out of it. Yeah, crazy. But I told you I did watch the game last night. And um, not going to lie, I'm kind of sad, man. I, I wanted to see the Heat, uh, the, the Seas pull it off, man. I wanted to see the Celtics come yeah. be the first team in NBA history come back from uh, – from 03, it did not happen. Yeah, I hate to be that guy, man. My my young boy, he ruined Tatum's life. And I'm just like, damn, man. Like, Tatum ain't been right since the eight shot. <laughs> Shit crazy. Uh, Tatum went out there last night and then the first play rolled his ankle. And that pretty much set the tone. And that was evening. a Rizzo. Uh, you know what I didn't think about in that moment? My man hit me, like, later on that day. was like, the second he rolled his ankle, live betting his under. I'm like, Pfft. didn't even mentally come to it. I did take the Heat money line last night, so that was like my great pick of the weekend. Okay, got it. Because I had already put in the Celtics money line with the under as a two-teamer on Thursday, was it Friday, right after they won yeah. with that Derek White shit. So, I heard, like, in the moment, I just bet the under and the Celtics as a two-teamer. And then yesterday, the whole day, I'm sitting there thinking, like, yo, the Heat going to win this game, man. And I, I, I bet the Heat money line, so that was cool. Yeah, so, I mean, you got the Heat making the finals for the second time in four seasons. Um I got a question. They yeah. were in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, weren't they? Yeah, lost to the Celtics. Yeah, came back and avenged, avenged they did. So, almost three in, in four seasons. Is Eric Spolstra the best, best One coach? of the best coaches. You remember I told you Doc Rivers was above him on that best coach, and I was just like, I don't even this know. Does, that doesn't make any sense. Eric Spolstra's been there, what, 15 years, 16 years? Yeah. Figure he done going to how many chips? Eight? Seven? He, Seven. He wasn't the Coach yes, he was for the 016, was for the 016 for the uh, the first heat championship. He wasn't the coach for that. No, Pat took Stan Van Gundy was the coach, he got fired. Pat took over, coached that team. But you figured the heat went in, he was the coach for the whole Heatles run 11, 12, 13, 14. Yeah, the bubble. Now, I think he was the coach in the 06, John. I think Pat was. I think I think Pat came. Stan Van was the coach. When Shaq got traded there, Stan Van Gundy was the coach. And then he ended up getting fired like a couple games into the season. I think Pat took over. And then he coached them to that uh, championship. He was an assistant coach. Assistant coach, right. right. Yeah. Pat was the head coach, though. I he think. was an assistant coach until 08. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, he's, if not the best, he's one of the best coaches in the NBA, no less than top three. Um, he has the ultimate I don't job. Think he, I don't think he's top three, but he up there. He, he top 10, 12, something like 10, that. 10, 12? Three? Red Auerbach, Phil Jackson? No, come on, right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking all time. No, hell no. I'm like, wait, Red Auerbach, <laughs> nigga, got 97? No. <laughs> when you talk about all time, because you're talking about Red Auerbach, talking about Phil Jackson, Greg Popovich, yeah. Greg, Greg Popovich, Steve Kerr. Like, when you talk about all-time yeah, guys. Yeah. No, that's what I, I was saying. I think Spo is top 10 or 12 all-time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he deserves to be up there. Yeah. He's in that top 15 list. 
Yeah. But they had him at number 14, which I, I kind of think he's above some of them. I got him as a better coach. As was like, Rick Carlisle above him? No, Don Nelson was. Was what? Don Nelson that good of a coach? Don Nelson, remember at one point, he had like the most wins and shit. Okay. I'm about but to he also had the most losses. <laughs> hey, but you balling for a long time. You're going to lose some games, He had, he had baby. the most wins and the most losses. But yeah, Don Nelson came back and he coached that. They got believed. Red Hour back, Larry Brown, Chuck Daly, Red Holtzman, Phil Jackson, Casey Jones, Steve Kerr, Don Nelson, Greg Popovich, Jack Ramsey, Pat Riley, Doc Rivers, Jerry Sloan, Eric Spolcher, and then Lenny Wilkins. I told you Spolcher was 14th. Okay. But I think Spo could go above Doc Rivers for easy, sure. Easy, Doc is terrible. Not above Pat Riley. Greg Popovich, Jerry Sloan, Don Nelson. I think he could go above Don. Jerry Sloan, here's the thing. Jerry Sloan was a great coach. He got exposed a little bit in the modern era, like that whole shit where he couldn't work it out well, with I Darren mean, Williams the, and all the, that shit. The, the eight-track player got exposed <laughs> yeah. in the modern era. Yeah, it's like, it's like once the players stopped, like, being bitch-ass niggas and, and just listening to whatever the coach said, he didn't know what to do. Like, yeah. He was like, this Darren Williams character has, it's either me or him. They was like, all right, cool. See you, Jerry. Phil Jackson, dog. Phil Jackson got 1,100 wins and only 480 losses. That's crazy. Crazy as like shit. like a 70% win percentage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 70 on the dot. 70 on the dot, yeah. yeah. Quick maths. And he's the best win percentage on the best coaches of all time list by far. Everybody else is between 50 and 60. Yeah. So, but yeah, modern day coaches that are in the league right now. I mean, you know, obviously Steve Kerr is up there. Uh, Greg Popovich is still yeah, up even there. Red Auerbach is right behind him with sixty six percent. So Phil yeah. had the best winning percentage. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, Spo is probably like I said, top three. I don't think that um, you know, Nick Nurse is a phenomenal coach. <laughs> we are gonna talk about Nick Nurse in a second. He's not. Don Nelson really do got the most wins at thir- well had the most wins thirteen thirty five and losses. He got eleven hundred. Yeah. Like, hey, we was <laughs> Hey, when you balling, you might lose a game or two. But that's back when, you know, job security was at an all-time high. Yeah. Shit, you just had the four most winningest coaches in the last four years of the NBA all got fired back-to-back-to-back this offseason. Yeah. Like, people not playing that shit no more. You're not just sticking around here, like, being mediocre, getting a bunch of second-round exits. That shit is a wrap. Yeah. Like, you going to go to the finals or you getting the fuck out of here? motherfuckers win the finals way out of there. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. The um so you know somebody today had a good tweet. It was like all the Celtics did was tire the heat out for the for the Nuggets, wasting everybody's time. <laughs> I was cracking up about that. The um, how do you feel about the way the game was played yesterday, Game Seven? Um, I didn't really watch. I only watched the fourth quarter, to okay. be honest. I was you know keeping track on my phone, whatever, well, I, whatever. I, I watched it. Yeah, I was keeping track on my phone, and I'm looking, and I'm like. Down 11 at halftime. Down 10 going into the fourth. I'm like, yeah, this don't look good. They was down 21 at one point. They, they flat out just gave. It was just the only one who really, to me, was like wanting it was Derek White. He was like really, really trying yeah. his hardest. But like Jalen Brown was kind of just like out there. Al Horford was kind of just out there. Derek White was trying to pay for his hairline surgery. Yeah. He was at, out there balling. Yo, Derek, who you say? Derek White. Oh, was Derek ball, White. He was, yeah, he was balling for his hairline surgery. Have you surgery. noticed how, like, wide Jalen Brown's hairline is? Yeah. That joint is like this. <laughs> <laughs> that joint is crazy. Um, at one point, the Celtics had four white players on the court. That was when I knew <laughs> this the is a towel. <laughs> the, the unofficial <laughs> towel had been thrown in. <laughs> the white towel in basketball is the white players. Once <laughs> there's more white players on the court than black, that's the proverbial yeah, we give towel. Up. Yeah, we give up. Yeah, when Mike Muscala was running the set, <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's over, man. Um, running the Princeton yeah. office. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, I will say this. Joe Muzola kind of got like, I said it before. If Emei was the coach of that team, it'd have been a whole they would have rolled through the fucking East. Um, Joe Muzola and them just couldn't beat the zone that they had yeah. seen all fuckers. They just weren't ready for this shit, it seemed like. And granted, Tatum's ankle, you know, he fucked his ankle up at the beginning of the game. And, you know, you banking on your star, yeah. all-star game MVP Especially when he did the last series game seven. You're you, expecting you, him you, to you expecting you that. So once he rolls his ankle, you know, you you know, you got to think fast. Yeah. And they weren't ready to just, they weren't ready to think got fast. Got a tough question for you. Mm-hmm. Is Jason Tatum better than Jimmy Butler? No recency bias, none of that. Is Jason Tatum better than Jimmy Butler? I'm gonna tell you why that's a t- that's a tough that's a, ass that's question. A tough that question. might be the best. Did you write that down? No, that might be one of the best questions you've asked. And I'm gonna tell you the problem with sports, especially team sports. It's a team dynamic that kind of gets thrown into things more often than not. And a lot of times when we have these discussions about who's better, all we worry about is individual shit. Yes. I think Jason Tatum skill-wise is better than Jimmy. He has more more of a bag. It's more stuff in the bag. Yeah. But I think you can do more as far as a team with Jimmy Butler than you can do with Jason Tatum. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Because realistically, I personally think Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown at times can kind of cancel each other out. Yeah. There are more games where one of them is going off and the other one isn't than you see a game where both of them are getting to it. It happens more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's either Brown or Tatum. It's never Brown and, and Tatum, Tatum most yeah. of the times. And I it's think it's not like a Stephen Clay dynamic where it's like one got 44 and one got 37. Like, let's be frank. Jimmy Butler on the Bulls. The Bulls team was pretty good mm-hmm. with him on the team, with their team players around him. When he came to the Sixers, they were in the same place they is now with all this hype shit y'all was on. You you could put a big man around him. You could put a – think about it. He got Bam around him, and he had Embiid around him. And it's like he done more with Bam than with Embiid. Yeah. Like, I think you can just do more with Jimmy Butler because if he's not affecting the game off – look at last night. They were up 20 at one point, and Jimmy Butler wasn't even going off. At one point, they was up 17. Jimmy Butler had nine. But what he did have was three steals. He was locking up Jalen Brown. Like, he can just do so much that affects the team play. Yeah. As opposed to where if Jatum just – if Tatum Tatum decides I'm scoring on you, there's no stopping me. Right. So – He's a 6'9 shooting guard. You know what I mean? With a a three-pointer and a handle and all of that shit. And a seven-foot wingspan. Yeah, like, yeah. So, it (sighs) – that's a good-ass question. That's a good-ass question. That's a, that's a good tough Y'all question. answer the question. Is Jimmy Butler better than Jason Tatum? Or is Jason Tatum better than Jimmy Butler? Now, can I got we... one for you so we can get done with this. What are your predictions for the finals? The Heat are too tough to get swept, even though signs point to, you know, the game, whole game seven theory and all, seven game theory and all of that. The Nuggets been resting for about 10 days now. I think the Nuggets are going to win this by six and the four game in the game four games that they win, it ain't gonna be close. They're gonna beat the shit out of them. Them four games that they do win. I'm I'm going out on the craziest limb ever. I think the Heat win this shit. Really? I I like we was talking about it the other night. How that game seven thing works, where you go game seven and mm-hmm. you. The only reason I think it's different 
is because I think they're coming off a of game seven with so much emotion that they kind of roll into this first one where the Nuggets have been essentially. I saw Jokic and Jamal Murray were doing a game show the other day. I'm like, y'all, y'all on party time right now. So I'm I'm on some shock the world shit. I think the Heat for sure win game one. Okay. I don't know why. But I right now, I want to say it's plus 380. On the Nuggets? For the Heat. Oh, for the Heat. Plus 380 for game one. Because uh, I think the line was at like nine. Of course, my fan duel is slow right now. I don't know what's going on. The um, I'm going to give you the accurate lines. Uh, it came down. Now it's plus 310. Okay. That shit was at plus 380. So it came down. It said plus 310 for the Heat to win game one. For the series, I believe it's plus 330. So it ain't as crazy as people think. Yeah, it is a one versus eight, but um, I I definitely like the Heat plus nine. Yeah, that's the line for the first game. Mm-hmm. I love that. Plus, I I think it's not even. I think that's not even a question. Yeah, but I think the Heat could win that first game. I do in the series. I think the Heat can win in six. I'm gonna tell you why. Because everybody right now is like, Joker's going to kill Bam. Joker's going to kill. And we know it. Joker's going to obliterate Bam. Joker's going to. He's going to put him in a blender. But I'm going to tell you why Bam has a little bit of an advantage. It's because he can move so well. Yeah, for sure. Like, he can really, really move good. And (sighs) I like Spolstra. I really do. Mike Malone's a great coach, too. He he good. I don't think he's Spo. He neutralized the shit out of the Lakers. I mean, it's the Lakers. The, um, you picked the Lakers to go to the finals. I was hype on LeBron, man. <laughs> Fucking dumbass LeBron. The, uh... here's, the, here's what I think. I think Den- Miami's defense is phenomenal. How they switch from man to zone to zone back to man and all that. That is shit is it's poetry. It's poetry emotion emotion. watching them do this shit. However, I think Did you- that does, they have zone breakers on Denver. Michael Porter Jr. is going to d- annihilate that fucking zone. But if Michael Porter Jr. can hit one of them stretches where he go two for 19 from behind the arc, now it's looking That's goofy. a big if, though. He ain't, he hasn't shown us that he all He did player. it a couple times in the uh, first round. I mean, the uh, second round. Oh, against Phoenix? Yeah, he did it a couple. That's round Phoenix. One but then you got Jamal games. Murray. That's a 60-point score. You got Jokic. That's a 50-point score. Like, I just you know think what I that their about offense today? is I, better than I, Miami's defense. I saw defense. today, because um, you know you can bet everything when the finals. Yeah, you bet everything. Um, they bet go, the house. They, they got, who, these are my obscure picks of the finals. I'm going to give you all that, because I was looking at it earlier. Um, so you have scoring leader for the NBA finals. Jamal Murray is plus 260. I like that. Yeah. I think on some weird shit, Jamal Murray can end up scoring more points than everybody. Yeah, Jamal Murray against Gabe Vincent, <laughs> that's a great bet. My obscure pick, they got the, the three-point leader for the finals. I like Gabe Vincent. It's plus 1,200. Because yeah. I think as, as it's going to be him and Caleb Martin he's getting the, or Max Struess is getting the threes for the Heat. Mm-hmm. And that's the way that they're going to stay in it. So if they get into them situations where, like I said, Michael Porter Jr. is one for six from three and Jamal Murray is two for five and Jokic is one for one, I can see games where Gabe Vincent and Caleb Martin is shooting more threes than everybody. Yeah. So right now, Gabe Vincent is plus 1,200. Caleb Martin is plus 1,300. Wouldn't be shocking to put some money on both of them for three-point leaders of the finals. Just saying. Okay. $100, pay back 1,300. It's not a wild bet. 
When you you get what I'm saying? Yeah, for it's sure. It's not like you're playing a team where they're go like it's not like you're playing the Warriors where your two best players are shooting threes. Exactly. The best player on the Heat is not shooting threes. That's yeah. Jimmy Butler. Yeah. His over under every night is one. I bet it last night. He hit three. That was so Reggie Miller. Oh my God. <laughs> not even a three point shooter. Like that's the truth. Yeah. Your second best player on the Heat is Bam out of body. He's not shooting. Not as not shooting. He's not shooting one three. You have a good three point shooter in Kyle Lowry, but Kyle Lowry might play eight minutes. So Caleb Martin and, and Gabe Vincent for NBA for three point leader for the finals. It's not a wild bet. Said so Tyler Hero is uh, projected to come back by Game Three. Yeah, I saw that. Does that going to make a difference? I hate to be that guy, but they don't need him. They're better without him. Not that they better without him, but Caleb Martin is in real rhythm right now. Yeah, and I think that matters a whole lot. Hell yeah! When you're rolling and shit is going the right way, hey, look, man, she just go get him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we got to stay out four more games. Yeah. You still gonna get a ring, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Coach is just hitting that angle on the screen. Like so, um, I understand that it was funny because I, I was talking to my homie. He was like, "Yo, come on, dog. Like I need to need to make some money. Who we liking this shit today?" And I, he was asking me that. I was like, "I ain't gonna hold you, yo. I like the heat." He was like, really? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I like. He's like, break this down for me. I'm like, I'm, I just like the Heat energy right now. I like the way they rolling. I can see the Nuggets winning. The Nuggets should win. The They're Nuggets a better team. Win. But I like the Heat, so I'm I'm going with the Heat. But I wouldn't be shocked if the Nuggets win. He was like, that's the most Magic Johnson <laughs> shit I ever, ever heard in my life. Hashtag analysis. Because I definitely was like, yeah, I like the Heat, but I can see the Nuggets. <laughs> He's just like, man, it's two teams. What the. fuck? I just think the Nuggets are a buzzsaw offensively, man. And I think it's like every series, I was like, oh, no, I can see Phoenix beating them. I can see the Lakers beating them. And then I, I just, I don't see that. But you, the you, heat, you, the, you, here's you, the Heat are the best phony team I've ever seen in my life. I was about to say, here's my thing when it comes to the Nuggets. And I noticed because I, I peeped it betting the Nuggets a couple times this year where I had a lot of games this year and I had to stop doing it because I kind of peeped. I would bet the Nuggets over because they score points and they give up points. Yeah. But one thing I noticed, you know what was a safer bet with the Nuggets? Betting the first half over. Because the Nuggets routinely would Get do shit like score 36 in the first, 31 in the second, and then 24 in the third. Yeah. And you peeped it a couple times with the Lakers mm-hmm. where they had big leads and, yeah. gave, and the Lakers just couldn't close. Yeah, they're betting against their third almost became a lock. One thing with the Heat, the Heat down the stretch – are scoring points. Mm-hmm. When the game get tight, they're the ones that are pulling away from people. Yeah. Think about the game the other night with uh, Jimmy Butler. They were down nine. Yeah. And then they scored 22 points against, like, they're the ones going on them runs in East. They did it against the Bucks. They did it against the Knicks. And they did it against the Southern. Yeah. So where I see the Nuggets couldn't jump out to leads, the Heat can contain and keep that shit close. And then when it get tight down the end, they're not going to fall apart like the Lakers and go on these 0 for 9 stretches yeah. and shit like that. So it wouldn't shock me to see. I just think wins. that in a seven-game series, the best team wins every time. We're not we're not guessing. It's like whoever's the best team is going to show themselves in a seven-game series. And I look at Denver. Like I said on Patreon uh, last week, they got 10-11 dogs that all play, that can all defend, all shoot the three and all of that shit. And they have, like, they got game breakers. They got zone breakers. If Michael Porter Jr. is playing like an all-star, the Heat don't have a shot to win this shit. I agree. I, I, shit, it, it, let's be real. If Aaron Gordon is playing the right way, it's, it's yeah, a Aaron lot Gordon of, had a great series against the league. It's a lot of players that matter. Um, me personally, 
either way, I'm going to be kind of like, uh, I want Jokic to win one. Yeah. But at the same time. You got to love and respect Jimmy Butler. You, it's like, just, yeah. I fucks with Jimmy Butler, dog. So it's like, uh, you know. I wish Jimmy Butler was on the Nuggets. <laughs> then we could just stop You know what I'm saying? That. that would make it a lot easier. You know what I mean? Because Kyle Lowry gets on my nerves. Yeah. So it's like, I don't really root. I don't need Kyle Lowry winning another yeah, ring. Yeah, that's the last thing I need. <laughs> the, um, you know, yeah. So we'll see. We, we will I, see. I do think if you want to make some money, though, Heat plus nine for game one, and you want to put a little on that Heat money line, I think that's a safe bet. Um. Like I said, for the series, two things I'm looking at, Gabe Vincent and Caleb Martin for most threes, Jamal Murray for most points, all of which wouldn't shock me. Not bad. So. Some, good, some, good, uh, some good bets. Uh, real quick, wrapping up with basketball, help is on the way, is uh, allegedly. Nick Nurse is coming to the Sixers, baby. Let's clap that up. <laughs> Get rid of the doc bringing a nurse. He picked, he picked Philly over Phoenix. Is he bringing Pascal Siakam? <laughs> <laughs> like. he, he, he picked Philly over Phoenix, which is like, all right. Um, uh, apparently, he has some sort of connection to Embiid or something I was reading. I don't know. Probably donated or yeah, something. <laughs> like, he, he allegedly has some connection to Embiid, and he really wanted to work with Embiid. Uh, 2019 champion with uh, Toronto on that, you know, crazy Kawhi one uh, run, put the Sixers out with that bouncing shot and all of that shit. And um, yeah, so what? What are your immediate thoughts on Nick Nurse to the Sixers? All right, I'll go. You're struggling. No, it's not that I'm struggling. (laughs) I I, indifferent. At the end of the day, you really don't know who the personnel is going to be. Yeah, because what if Harden leaves? Harden is leaving. You know, like he's already packed. Yeah, he's leaving. Like he's going from Tulum to Houston. <laughs> I'm <laughs> over. Yeah, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just walk. Just walk. <laughs> no, I, mean, I know how to get it. Like, I about that. Um, I think Nick Nurse is an awesome coach. I think they finally have a real coach. For the first time in a long time, they got a real coach. I don't. I don't think that. I think it's something to be said about. Mike Malone in Denver, mm-hmm. or Bud in Milwaukee. Yeah. Or uh, did he get fired? Got fired. He got fired. They just hired Adrian Griffin from the Toronto Raptors. Right. It's something to be said about Steve Kerr in yeah. the Warriors. Like, to be on that type of time, you almost have to, like, come in and grow with the team. Mm-hmm. And then you have to be part of, like, Greg Popovich in San Antonio makes all the sense in the world. Pat Riley with the Knicks and then Pat Riley with Showtime, it made all the sense in the world. Well, the Sixers tried that with Brett Brown, and I saw him in recess with an off-white jacket on, and he was hanging with the no, players. No, but that's what I mean. <laughs> Brett Brown was kind of in that, that how we was talking yesterday, that Randy Ayers, yeah. Jim O'Brien. Like, it was like, we were just looking. Mo Cheeks, he was like, they dug, dug Came up. from the pop tree. Yeah, like, I, Nick Nurse, to me, just doesn't embody Philly. Okay. And I, I but like, maybe they don't need. Maybe that's what is a good thing. Maybe they don't need somebody that embodies. No, them. no, I'm not. I, I'm not saying I need him to put on a ski mask or nothing. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm saying like as far as like growing with these players. Yeah. I, I just. I think they need to blow the whole shit up. That's what I'm saying. Where it's like if y'all are more so on some rebuild type shit. What like what if he turns Tobias Harris into Pascal Siakam? With like. 
a time machine? Or Magic. Yeah. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Like, nobody saw Pascal Siakam uh, come in pause. You know what I'm saying? He turned into an NBA, to a, a preeminent NBA All-Star. Yeah, but Pascal Siakam is that good, though. He's, like, really yeah. bad. That, that, well, once like, upon a time, Tobias was a 26-5 and five guy. I've never seen Tobias drop a nigga and then just <laughs> get the hand one. Like, it just... Tobias ain't I'm just being hopeful. Yeah, I get it. I mean, you know, it makes sense. Nick Nurse is all of that. But I think the Sixers have a lot more... Tra- like, I keep it a buck with you, yo. Doc, as as ridiculous as Doc can be, Doc wasn't, like, the only problem. And my thing is, like, if you're going to patch up one leak, you still got a bunch of other leaks. Yeah. So, when it's water all over the fucking floor, it ain't the... Ba- you know what I'm saying? Like They got to find a way to get... So- Harden is gone. They need to find a way to get something for I'm going to keep it a buck with you, yo. And I know nobody probably wants to hear this. Joel Embiid has to has to stay on his feet. Yeah. He has to stand up. He's an adult. And he's got to get in shape. That video that the motherfucker made the other day with all them falls, that was from the first round against the <laughs> Nets where they won 4 nothing. How y'all sweep a team and you falling every motherfucking day? Every play. Every, every day, every play. Dog, not trying to be funny, yo. Jokic do not fall down, yo. No. Never. I'm not being funny. He do not fall down. Bam out of Bayou do not fall down. Brooke Lopez don't be falling down. Embiid can't stand up straight for more than like 10 minutes. Guess he's too top heavy. Pause. I don't know. But that's a big, equilibrium issue. That's a big issue. Um, James Harden just doing the James Harden shit is an issue. What are we going to do with Ty? Well, what are y'all going to do with Tyrese Maxey is an issue. Is he going to be a starter? Is he going to be a bench player? Is he going to be the second? Is Tyrese Maxey a point guard or a shooting guard? It, are those dreads? Are those braids? <laughs> it's so many questions, man. <laughs> Like, it's so much shit they got to figure out that it's like the coaching thing ain't the only issue. Tobias Harris is on a one-year deal now, one-year, $43 million. Um, I would imagine he's trade bait at this point, but they're probably going to have to include a pick in order to get something of value back, kind of like the, or some cash, kind of. But you, you, they limit the new CBA, which starts next year, right. limits how much cash you can include in a trade. Yeah, so it's not even no like you can't even give up three million. Like you used to be able to give up, I think the max was three million. You could buy draft picks. Like I could like if I was uh I'm Miami, you Toronto, you got a draft pick I want, he go three million, give me a draft pick. All right, bet. It's outside the lottery, whatever. You could buy draft picks. You can't even do that shit no more. So now it's a it's a thing where it's like, all right, they're probably gonna have to include either a young asset, like a Paul Reed or something like that. Who's, he's a restricted free agent right now. They're going to have to include a, uh, um, a young asset or, you know, a, a pick in order to be able to bring back something of value for Tobias because, you know, for the most part, like even with the play-in now, you expand the playoff field to 20 teams to the detriment of teams that are trying to get over the hump because before you could just pick talent out of the teams that's like outside of the playoff mm-hmm. window, but now 60% of the teams go to the fucking playoffs. So it makes it that much harder to farm assets and shit like that. So it's like you got to get real good at scouting. You got to get excellent at fucking drafting. And you got to get great at recruiting. Right now, which the Sixers are terrible at all fucking three. Real bad. Real, real bad. I thought Paul Reed was a lot older than he is. He's a young boy. He looks old. Yeah, he looks looks seasoned. Looks like Paul Robeson. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so it's like you got to – he's, what, 24 or something like that? Young nigga. Yeah. Yeah. Young nigga. So it's like, all right, so now you got to start developing, you know, some of your talent and stuff like that. And you got to start picking players from, like, other sources. You got to get real good at, you know, foreign recruiting and scouting. You got to get – you know, your hands in on the D-League and making sure that your, your, the players you designate for two-way are impactful players. Like, Paul Reed looked like one of them niggas that, like, sneak on the bus. Back <laughs> on the bus. He got that, that. You know, them, you know them niggas where, like, they never really look 
like they got much going on in yeah. life. You know what I mean? Just, just existing. Yeah, he he got that real. Yeah, one of them trick daddy, like, yeah, yeah, he got, like, a lot of that 57, 58, some, somewhere yeah, around yeah. them parts, yeah. <laughs> like, they never really shine up that much, yeah. yeah that I thought dull he, skin. That dull, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought he was a lot older than he is and shit. So, but, yeah, so the Sixers, like you said, they got a lot of shit to work on in order to yeah. not be a second-round exit, which that's what they are right now. They're perennial yeah. second-round exit. And in order to make that leap, to at least get in the Eastern Conference Finals, start making some noise and maybe make a finals run, because if you remember, beginning of the season, I said they could have made a push to the finals. They put, took Boston in seven games, which is the same thing happened with the Heat or whatever, but they can't get over the fucking hump. Yeah, straight up. So they got some things to figure out. They got to either figure out if they're going to keep or trade Tyrese Maxey. Is he a one or a two? They got to definitely figure out something for Tobias, because it's like, you know, you – Dedicated five years, 180 million to him. So I was like, you might as well get something at the end of that. Yeah. But being the only team willing to give him a, what was a max contract at the time, you got to get an asset back for James Harden, even if it's a young asset, and probably going to end up being Jalen Green or uh, King and Martin Jr. They're not getting Jalen Green. Are you high? They're not getting Jalen. He, they play the same position. You're talking about like a sign and trade? Sign and trade. So it's either him, uh, King and Martin Jr., or one of the other young bulls that they would have to probably take back or whatever the case may be. Harden is out of his contract, right? Out of his contract. So he could just sign. He could just sign. Yeah, that's probably what's going to happen. They're not doing it. But then Houston's going to have to move. Like, now Houston's going to end up with, um, unless James goes to some wild card team we're not even thinking about, they talking about we might go to Phoenix. I'm like, all right, well, that means you're taking Chris Paul out the pasture. Would you take a fly as a you're not even a Sixers fan, but as a, as a, if you were the Sixers, you're Elton Brand or Daryl Morey. Would you take a flyer on a dead man walking Chris Paul for two years for the rest of that deal? Does that help you? Your options are limited. Yeah, I, I like you know what the Sixers need Tyrese Halliburton. That's who the fuck the Sixers need. And, unfortunately, he's Indiana Pacers franchise player now. So, you're not getting Tyrese Halliburton. That's the type of point guard that they need. Chris Paul, to me, is one of the most overrated players in NBA history. I hate Chris Paul. I, I don't know if I'm right in saying that, but that's how I've always felt. I can really remember the day that the trade happened for him to the Lakers. I remember I walked in my break room. I'll never forget it. Bundles was in there. And I walked in. And he he was standing in front of the TV. He turned around and was like, yo, cuz the Lakers. Everybody know I'm a Lakers fan. He was yeah. like, yo, cuz the Lakers got Chris Paul. And I was like, what? Oh, shit, for who? He was like, Lamar Odom and Pau Gasol. I was like, what the fuck? And he was like, what? I'm like, dog, you don't trade two seven-foot big men for a little man? Pause. What? And I remember I was so fucking mad. And then when they vetoed that shit, I was like, thank (laughs) God, man. And nobody could understand. And I'm just like, yo, I don't like Chris. I never really was like, like, I get that he, you know, can play some defense and dribble a little bit, like, but I just never thought of him as like a victorious, triumphant basketball player. He's definitely he's not a winner. He is he is he has proven himself to not be a winner. He's just NBA. a nice, nice baller with handles named Chris. Like that's just like I know a bunch of nice baller niggas named Chris. Yeah, shout out the gunner. <laughs> so I know a couple niggas named Chris. Like that's just kind of how I looked at a him. Nice so I, baller with handles name. Chris. You know how they kind of like would be like, yeah, he hangs out with LeBron and D Wade, and it'd be yeah. like, why they don't teach him how to win? <laughs> be like, 
Because that would kill me. What's the disconnect? Yeah, like I'm around my friends and everybody winning and shit. Like, yo, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? They even linked up together to win some shit. Yeah, straight up. Like, Left me out in the cold. Yeah. I didn't get that text message. Yeah. So, yeah, I never was real crazy about Chris Paul. But enough basketball. I want to talk about some nonsense. Uh, I want to give my first inaugural. Uh, I want to give an award out today. Okay. I want to give out my first inaugural. Down. No, it's not first. Is it? It's not first inaugural. It's just inaugural. Inaugural. Yeah. yeah. I want to get my inaugural uh, award out. Uh, my first down bad person of the week. Down bad. Okay. I want to get my first down bad person of the week to DJ Envious. <laughs> DJ Envious. Yeah. Who uh, I, pr- I successfully predicted last week. Somebody was going to slap the shit out of DJ Envy. And Who's sure, uh Well, Gunplay threatened to slap him. Oh. I'm you didn't hear that audio? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know you're entrenched in this nigga nonsense. That's uh. He like told him he was gonna slap the phone. Him? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was like recorded. Yo, yo, envy. What's up, man? How's everything with you? I'm blessed beyond belief, man. Everything is good, man. Why are you talking crazy, man? Talk crazy about me, my brother. I, what I had to do with anything, man, and, and, and my wife posting a GoFundMe, man. What that? My, my my baby was sick, man. Was she had a heart defect, my brother? Why? Why? Why has nothing to do with cars? You know, I'll slap the no, shit no, out no, you, I boy. I wasn't talking about your baby. No, nah, you was envy. I slapped the envy for real. I you envy for real. You know, I slapped the shit out of you, right? For that, you know that, right? We ain't doing all that. No, 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 no. I'm no, no, no. I want to be clear. I want to be clear here. You know, I would slap the shit out of you about that, right? That's third time. And then we can fight, but that's not the reason I'm saying that. See, nah, it ain't gonna be a fight. It ain't gonna be a fight. Nah, it ain't gonna be a fight. Envy, it ain't gonna be a fight, dog. If I wanted to but you did. But you did. Why you? Why? Why'd you bring me into that? Why did you bring me into that, Envy? And so I'll be wrong. So I'll be wrong if I, I'll be wrong to handle my business then, right? But what's your business? I'm, I'm having a conversation with you. If you feel like you are disrespected, don't talk to me like a man. I'm like, no, nah, whatever. And if you feel I did, I apologize. That wasn't my intention. Well, I need a public apology because my my wife, man, my wife, my wife, my wife is my wife is affected by that. My my brother, we sat in that hospital for twenty for twenty eight days, homie. That shit was some real shit. That shit had nothing. It ain't even about the money. You know what I'm saying? My wife is in panic mode. My wife put that up, and this is what it is. And that's how she felt that she that she wanted to. She was in panic mode. I told her to chill, but it's cool. We did a GoFundMe. That ain't nothing, my brother. So don't 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 bring my child into this, my nigga. Because then we gonna we gonna we gonna be having bad blood, dog. Felt that way, I apologize. That's what I was trying to do, and I fuck with you. So that's what I'm saying. That's. I apologize. Thank you, my brother. So can I? Okay. Uh, what? Because I don't want to. What did Envy say about gunplay? Envy said to Ross, "How you a boss if your man?" Had to put up a GoFundMe for his daughter's surgery. Okay. Shouldn't have said that. This is what happens when you mention his wife not, you know what I'm saying, not coming for 20 months, 20 years. 20 years. It's a long time. <laughs> like, now you, you've opened the Pandora's box of just saying anything. Exactly. And that call that you just played was very interesting. So, you know, I'm, I'm quick. You know what I'm saying? I'm fast. What was the funniest part of that shit? 
The funniest part to me is that Envy never denied that gunplay would actually slap the shit out of him. Fuck all of that. <laughs> Charlamagne said, Envy on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Charlamagne ain't shit. shit. It muted up. <laughs> Boop. <laughs> From what I heard at the very beginning, Charlamagne said, hello, Gunflay, Envy on the phone. Niggas <laughs> <laughs> is so fucking messy. It's not even funny, man. That's some shit. That's like us getting into some shit. You like, hello, uh, you know, uh, 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 I don't know, uh, fucking Benicio Del Toro, Matt on the phone. Just immediately, that nigga said, "Go play it." Envy on the phone. <laughs> Threw that nigga right <laughs> under the bus. Envy yeah. on the phone. He here. And gum and the, the, it's funny because whenever we hear these stupid ass calls, it's always, "What's up, my brother? What's ain't nothing? I can't can't complain, baby. You know, highly favored. Hey, you know I fuck you up. About <laughs> <laughs> zero to a hundred every time. Every time. Um. This car show shit has a it has legs, man. It's 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 it's, it's gone so many places. It's gone so many places. They say that discretion is the better part of valor. Mm. And sometimes a motherfucker take a swipe at you, you just got to take the high road. Dog. We know better than anybody. P- plenty of people below us on the same level above us have taken swipes at us. And for the most part, we just let it fucking pass. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, sometimes you just got to let life and society deal with certain motherfuckers. Yeah. And in Envy's case, him taking that one line, in those those couple words, envy's not on my level. Five words. He let five words embroil him in a whole war of words that has now opened up his whole life to all of this scrutiny and all these becoming a talking point from all these people. Rick Ross, Gunplay, Funkmaster Flex, uh, our guy Tony the Closer. Uh, what happened to Common Sense? Like all the big star is now talking about envy again. I and I landed on Big Star page last night on YouTube. He has become a talking point and has opened himself up to all of this scrutiny just by engaging in one simple back and forth with a nigga about a car show. This is the reality, and I I, I hope. I don't know if Envy's going to hear this as he is. I just hope he doesn't take it the wrong way. I respect DJ Envy as a legend. That's what he is. For sure. But the reality is, we like you until we like someone more than you. And, and then we got to show you that we and like when the it, other And when it comes more. to someone like Rick Ross, you're not even close. We love to, Ross. To, right. You're not even close to likability. <laughs> you understand the way that works. Yeah. Perfect example. We can like somebody like... Trying to think the right word to use. We can realistically like. I'm trying to think of the right person, right person, right person, right person. Cam in the dip set. Mm-hmm. We like him. Yeah. Until we realize, damn, we like Kiss more than you. Way more. <laughs> Way more than y'all. We had no idea how much we like Kiss more. So this is why Kiss can get up here and do a freestyle, and we like, yo. <laughs> and then y'all is just like, look at them coats. Them <laughs> <laughs> sneaks corny as we shit. We like you until other likability comes in the room. Yeah. And when it comes to Rick Ross and DJ Envy, we just like Ross way more. Ross is entertaining. Ross is 
fun Ross's. Ross got us to go to Thigh Stop. Yes. When we know we shouldn't have been going to Thigh Stop. Like, Ross has indoctrinated himself in so many different markets around the country because he gave young black men opportunity. And we've seen it unfold. We saw Meek go and buy 30 cars in 10 houses because of his affiliation with Ross. We saw Wale go and become a fucking DJ, uh, DC legend because of his affiliation with Ross. We saw fucking Triple C's. Ross gave them niggas as hard of a push as he could. He did two albums with them niggas. Mm -hmm. When it wasn't working, and he's like, all right, we're going to try it again because he just believed in the product and he like yo y'all just not seeing the vision so we've seen all of these different people be in a position to get out their dreams fucking beat billionaire honorable c note the justice league all of this shit unfold because of opportunity that ross gave them not and more than anything than the opportunity that he put people onto it's just him bringing us into his world and like i said him being likable you like not trying to be funny he beat 50 cent without even having to like Go at 50 Cent just because people were sick of 50 and liked Ross a lot. Yep. What he presented was super likable. In the middle of their beef, Ross was in Basley, was in uh was in Soundview projects with his shirt off, with a mink coat on, untouched with New York niggas. Like, New York legends, Lord Tariq and a bunch of other crazy, you know, New York yeah. sex money, murder, blood niggas and all that, untouched in the middle of a beef with one of the biggest niggas in the history of New York City. Mm-hmm. You have to be well-liked and well-respected to pull some shit like that off. Yeah. Like, remember when the whole BMF thing <clears throat> happened and he brought Meech's mom out on stage? Like, it's like, Ross, he just, he know. He know how to pick a beat and he know what to do. Yep. And when the Instagram shit came along, he know how to post and make shit seem super fun. And he just a likable dude. So because of that, y- y- y'all getting pitted against each other where, let's be real, for your nonsense you aren't the most likable guy at times people watch what happened with you and your wife people watch what happened with you and Deez and Mero. remember That's how weird that shit was super weird it was just a lot of little things that went on they think about it Charlemagne makes fun of you and he calls it beige rage like you know like there's you, a beige rage meter on the breakfast club so at the end of the day y'all two being in this in this spot pitted against each other is just not Think about it. Rick Ross, the envious, like, he's just funny. He, he knows, made you a meme, essentially. Yeah, like, we, we, Ross understands that. And he's not the person. Seeing what happened with 50 and Eminem, and all, it just, it, it's not, you You should know better than to get into the war of words, John, with him. Yeah. And now y'all have gotten to the point where y'all have gone so, I didn't know about none of that. Y'all have gone so personal now to where you're getting threatened and all that. That's. Like I called it last week. You definitely did call it. <laughs> like you, we. This is about a car show. Yes. Like when you got a car show that leads to people, wives and daughters and friends and all of this shit. It's a lot. And it's, I want I want to lean in when I say this. My biggest takeaway from all of this is this: men have to be way more careful how we talk to and about one another mm-hmm. because eventually that situation is going to come to a head. Some situations come to a head sooner than others, but these situations always come to a head. And sometimes it's on a phone call. Sometimes it's at your radio station or at your job. Sometimes it's in a dark fucking alley. And men got to be careful, especially in this content game, about what you say to people. Because majority of people, I would say 99% of black men are not okay with being embarrassed on the internet or being emasculated on the internet or being made to feel like they are less than a man on the internet in the name of something that don't even have nothing to do with them. You bringing gunplay into this shit, 
was completely wrong. And you didn't say his name, but you alluded to a situation like you knew what happened and you didn't. You didn't have no idea what went on. And at the end of the day, for you to throw him in the middle of that, like you was in a position to, to step on him like that, it wasn't cool. And you got... You really got off easy for real, for real, just being threatened on the internet because a motherfucker could have just booked a plane ticket and came to see you at work because you got to be there every single day, five days a week for five, six hours at a time. Motherfucker could have made his way up to Power 105 and beat the shit out of you on camera and turned you into a fucking, a real uh, a meme and really turned it into a DJ Vlad situation. So it's like, y'all guys got to understand your position in life and where you are and who you talking about. And I think Envy let... Again, being next to 50 Cent, gas him up, and, oh, yeah, 50 and them fuck gunplay up. And let's, let me do this also. Ten niggas beating on somebody don't make them less of a man. A nigga running from ten men in a, in a situation of peril don't make him less than a man because anybody can get caught slipping and that shit could go left. A motherfucker got, we've gotten so deep with this street shit, a motherfucker got to face confrontation and die in order to be considered a real nigga or a real man. And that's not how this shit works. So that situation that happened with gunplay and 10, 10 niggas that's built like bouncers beating on him don't take away from his manhood and all of the other street stories and all of the other shit that work that he didn't put in on the street, you don't get to just throw that out the window because you stand the next to 50 Cent, dog. And he Envy caught himself trying to like make a chess move and he was playing Connect Four and a motherfucker ended that shit real, real fast. He definitely didn't say, no, you won't. He at no yeah. point did he say he said, Well, we can fight. He's like, it's not gonna be a fight. You didn't say, oh no, cause it, it was none of that. Because at the end of the day, and Charlemagne being a nigger from the South, being from South Carolina, when you in a certain network and stuff, you hear certain things. You hear these little stories. You hear, oh, gunplay did XYZ, the ABC. You hear, oh, nigga said this, this, and this, and then Ross and them caught him at such a you hear these stories, so you know what people be about. And it's like Sometimes people will use your level of fame, your riches, your fortune, your stardom against you to try to put you in a trick bag thinking that you won't revert back to the nonsense. And Ross made, and I said it last week, Ross made a very clear proclamation on his IG story and he said, y'all niggas think y'all tough because of who y'all standing next to. I don't care about none of that. I'm the one that get to decide if this shit go left or not. And then seven days later, here we are. So it's like at some point, people got to recognize like, yo, some stuff is just not worth your energy and just do what you're doing and just keep it moving. I feel like Ross took a swipe at him, but I don't feel like he, he meant no malice for where Envy went to it and getting personal. Oh, you was a CO. And so I was like, all right, dog, that's some 15 years ago shit. And furthermore, I know a lot of gangsters that CEOs. And we want to have that conversation. But it's like when people broach certain topics, it lets me know how unindoctrinated y'all are to certain street culture. How the fuck you think all the drugs get in prison? The fucking CEO. So it's like to sit here and try to make it seem like somebody's less than a man. One for <laughs> yeah, They definitely see. aren't cooking and <laughs> growing yeah, drugs. Like, in they're the prison, not, yeah. It's not a farm out yeah. back where they going and getting the, getting the fucking drugs from. So it's like, yo, I know plenty of gangsters that see. I, I know plenty of CEOs that ended up doing too much and ending up in jail. <laughs> like yeah. if we want to, if we w really want to be real about this and it's like people's perspectives on certain stuff be letting me know how much life they actually didn't live and how much, they stay in these like these little ecosystems and these little bubbles where they interacting with the same type of people all the time where they don't understand what happens in the real fucking world. Yeah.
And Envy learned Envy learned a dumbass lesson. You a 50-year-old man, you getting cursed out and punked on the phone by a fucking rapper. Like this is dumb shit to have to learn lessons about because you got too flipped with the lip. This is a dumbass <laughs> lesson, dog. <laughs> You're really bad over there. No, it's crazy. Like, it's, just, it's just stupid. Like we gotta be better men and set better examples yeah. and be better leaders and show these youngins that everything doesn't have to turn into a war of words or some sort of fucking internet beef. Yeah, Who y'all think they getting this shit from? Y'all niggas. You ain't lying. You was not lying. They not just figuring this out on their own. Being 50 and a nigga <laughs> calling you like, you know I slapped You know I slapped it. Is nuts. You an old nigga having young nigga problems. I never had that happen ever. Let alone 24 years from now. Listen, I done had plenty phone-based conversations. I done had plenty social media conversations. It was never, I'm going to smack the shit out yeah, of you. Yeah, I've never heard that. That's just a crew. Like, <laughs> say what now? <laughs> <laughs> Come again? <laughs> Phone broke up. <laughs> <laughs> I was on the elevator. <laughs> say that. <laughs> say that. You know what? Three times. You know I'll smack the shit out of you. Right. And then followed up with, so I'll be wrong to handle my business. Now, I'm going to keep it a buck with you. That's the joint where it's just like, I, I, I got to go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, this, this, this is my food on the other line. Yeah, at that point, suck my dick, see me when you see me. Yeah, you I, got, you got to, once you hit me with that, yeah, you, you got to substantiate that. Yeah, we can't just continue down the path of Jordan <laughs> Jackson. <laughs> now I'm, he- I'm still yeah, hearing you yeah. out. Well, let, well let, let, let's get to the bottom of this now. Like, let, so, so, so what's your business? Let's, let's, so, let's, am I your business? Like, you... <laughs> So when you say business, does that include fucking me? Remember when you was a young boy talking to bitches? No, because like, what you going to do when you see me? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, explain this again. Like, you playing, though. Yeah, that's crazy. That's nuts. That's a dumbass lesson to learn. And, uh, uh, and, and keeping in with, with DJ Envy having his terrible I week. actually paused this from last week uh, at the show last week. If you didn't, go back and listen to the okay. to be right. But uh, did you know what you said last week about beefs in and around the beef community? I forgot. This is exactly what you said. So to answer your original question, steal from Juice, no, they don't get tired of this uh, shit. Uh, because once this beef wraps up, there'll be another one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There'll be another very public, very pronounced beef that going on in Urban. That last beef ended a little too fast. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, nah, we gotta start some shit with somebody else. Like, who else trying to get into it? Who else got something to say? Yeah. That's what you said. And sure enough, like clockwork, New beef. <laughs> New beef. <laughs> New beef. Beef begets more beef. It doesn't stop. Problems beget more problems. Violence begets more violence. Ro- like this Ross, is, this. Ross and Meek performed together at uh, in Vegas. Yeah. And Shout I, out to that, man. I love seeing Ross and Meek together. And I, I'm just assuming when we went off stage, it was like, go, go beef, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> run, go run wild, nigga. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Like, you know, a nigga around, nigga, and touch him. Like, I can feel the energy. <laughs> Well, since you put it yeah, that way, like nigga left and just started some beef. Like fuck it. So now, oh man. So now Meek and DJ Drama are beefing, and I more, more fifty year olds, a fifty year old and a thirty five year old. So I, I I alluded to it on on Twitter yesterday, and I'm going to expound on it now on the show. And my tweet yesterday was Meek and Drama having a beef was inevitable, but I'm not going to say why. The reason why it was inevitable is typically. How you link up with somebody and how you interact with somebody literally speaks to the ultimate way that you're going to fall out. Meek and Drama basically were bonded around trying to end Drake. 
That is a fact. They were trying to end Drake for multiple reasons. Oh, yeah, because Drama had the track. Drama had. Damn, how about it? Quentin Miller was working in DJ Drama's studio in Atlanta, Mean Streets or whatever, and he was cutting these records and sending them to Drake. The reference tracks that we ultimately heard that turned into full-fledged songs that Drake reworked turned into full-fledged songs for Most If You're Reading This Is Too Late, which right. was six songs. That album was supposed to be a Gangsta Grills joint album mixtape with Drake and DJ Drama. Because Drake turned it into an album and wouldn't do the Gangsta Girls with Drama, Drama went to Meek and was like, yeah, this bitch-ass nigga Drake, you know, he 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 get, he get got a ghostwriter, none of this kid quitting. He be recording in my studio, woo-woo-woo. And he played Meek the songs. That's the, that's the reason why it's called If You're Reading This Is Too Late. Exactly. Right. He start, He played Meek the songs, and then Meek went, Drake, Drake's a went, went on a went on a, <laughs> That's a mean motherfucker. Went, went on a quest to try Man, to win. You the mixtape? <laughs> Got some news for you, boss. If you're reading this, ain't he ain't he sinister? <laughs> like them cartoons. <laughs> I vow to get vicious. He vicious, nigga. Mean, so, mean ass, light skin nigga, man. So from <laughs> that and drama, you know, behind the scenes exposing this, Meek right. went on his infamous Twitter rant. Mm-hmm. Nigga Drake ain't nice and stop comparing me to Drake. He's a pussy and he used ghostwriters and da da. I got the reference tapes and woo woo woo. And then sure, surely but surely, these reference tracks start to leak out. From there, Swiss Beats got involved. Jay-Z got involved. Like, these are not rumors. These are substantiated that's another one, facts. That's, that's another one of those likability Jones where we just like Drake more than all, all of you niggas put combined. together. <laughs> yeah, and that that it showed. So all that. of these people got involved. And essentially came together for their mutual disdain for Drake, which, as you know, that just played out last year on the Internet that Swiss Beats and Drake got a 10-year beef going Mm -hmm. on that nobody knew about. And then you start to understand people's motivations and why they did certain shit. And it's all tied to favors and wanting favors from Aubrey. That's all of this shit is about. Meek, why you ain't, why you taking so long to fucking give me your verse? Why you ain't post my album when it came out? Uh, Swiss, uh, Swiss Beats, you were supposed to give me a, 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 do a song for me for my album, Why You Ain't Do It. DJ Drama, we're supposed to do a Gangsta Girls, we ain't do it. It's all tied to favors that they want from this man because, like it or not, Drake haters, he is the music industry. Mm-hmm. And that's what all of this shit is about. So I, say, I paint the picture with that backstory to say, y'all was embroiled in some messy ass shit and y'all bonded around trying to end the nigga's career. And then now you fast forward to 2022, 2023, and then you see Churchill Downs video, and then you see Drake, see Jack Harlow, see DJ Drama, because Jack Harlow was signed to Generation Now and da 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 da. Mm-hmm. And because Drake is the music business, everybody got to bow the fuck down at some point and make amends with Drake because going against him is essentially going against yourself, and you're going to make it hard for you to be able to go on these labels, get budgets, get deals, get shit done. Other people that that like and love Drake, people like Young Thug, people like Gunner, people like Lil Baby, people like Lil Durk, it makes it hard for you to do business when you're beefing with the music business, mm-hmm. which is Drake. At least urban-wise, he is the fucking music business. Mm-hmm. And niggas painted themselves in a, lot, in a lot of different weird corners and had to walk it back. Meek had to walk his shit back. Drama had to walk his shit back. Uh, Quentin Miller still trying to figure his fucking self out. You know what I'm saying? Had to walk his shit back. Then he got into a whole controversy even saying he worked with Nas on KD3. It's all of this different stuff that's, like, all going around, and it's all tied to Aubrey Graham and wanting favors from this man. And these failed favors led into all of this nonsense. So eventually, Drama and Meek getting into a beef was inevitable. 
because essentially y'all both be on some messy shit. Y'all both be doing too much sometimes, saying too much sometimes, whatever, whatever. And essentially this shit is a beef over a tiny desk performance and yeah, tiny desk beef. Tiny desk beef. This is we breaking new ground, yeah, baby. We done went from car show beef to tiny desk beef. You see, we Usher went up there did tiny desk. Good black people, we get classic. <laughs> you get classic little moments. Niggas get some tiny desk opportunities. Beef, beef. That's all we get. And because tiny desk Drake didn't, uh, not Drake. Meek didn't do the tiny desk. Now, so Meek was supposed to do. A he never agreed to it. But he was supposed to do a performance like Usher did. With drama. It was supposed to be for drama. Drama was doing a Gangsta Grills Tiny Desk. So it wasn't a performance. It was a performance. Okay. Tiny, you know, Tiny Desk is a concert. Right. So it was a Gangsta Grills Tiny Desk with all these different artists. Oh, he was going to do like a, okay, like a live Gangsta Grills. Exactly. Like that. a live Gangsta Grills, whatever, with different people. Like, and it was Jeezy like, this per- exactly. This. And Meek was supposed to be the center performance of it. Oh, okay. But because but because he didn't do it, then you start to see drama in the media. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, Dreams and Nightmares, that was a great record. That was the Philly anthem for a long time. But I think Uzi just when a rock overtook it. I think that's bigger than Dreams. So now you start to see like the shade starting to happen. Isn't Uzi signed to him? Or was it exactly signed to, okay. signed to him? So now you start to see the shade start to happen and him trying to put division between these two who had their own problem that I knew about that I never talked about on the show, but they had their own problem that they ended up patching up, and then Drama's trying to put a division in between them by comparing one song to the other song and really trying to shit on Meek because he's mad about this fucking Tiny Desk performance. So now you got Meek leaking text messages and all this different stuff on Twitter, and he was in rare form last night. He was getting busy. He was he was in full Meek Millie Twitter finger mode last yeah, night. He I heard. Was, I he didn't was, see much. He was me. getting busy. So he was he was getting busy, man. And it's just like yo. And then drama, you know, like he always does, playing dumb. Like oh, I don't know. Drama just never know what's going on, and he do a lot of fuck shit. And I know people that's in and around the music industry, and I'm here to tell you, they all hate DJ Drama. <laughs> like they all hate this nigga. They just think he's a vile, very underhanded nigga, yo. And he's just very self serving. And I've heard this from multiple people that work in the music industry who shall remain nameless, but like. DJ Drama is a generally despised character in the music industry, and this is another example of that. Uh, I, I don't know DJ Drama at all. I never met I him. I never met the man. Um, Meek this how he wears his hat and everything. He was getting this. He got points. <laughs> he said, we don't wear our hats like that. Yeah, yeah, that, that yeah, for shit. Philly, you a weirdo. Like, yeah, it'd be like this, yeah, and it'd be up, just <laughs> sitting all the way up there. Yeah. The, um, I will say that those beards, I don't, I don't trust them people. <laughs> trust in Beijing. Yeah, not like just that's just life. Like you go, you meet somebody at like the sports book or whatever with that. You like, ah, oh, this, this nigga away from me. I, like, so I don't know him or no shit like that. Um, yeah, like <laughs> the um, I like I said, I don't know him or no shit like that. But he does seem like a detestable human being. Yeah, if I just had to pick, he does seem like that. Now, on the flip side, though, Meek can get to where he seems pretty annoying at times. So, I don't know. I, I It really depends. You know what I mean? I look at both of them where it's like, again, what they say, uh, uh, 
Y'all the craziest gangsters on the planet. Like, <laughs> y'all be can't waiting to screenshot text messages and show phone call. Like, you calling somebody to, like, why are you recording this? And it's just, we gotten to the point now where it's like, like you always say, we should just know less. Yeah. And we've gotten to the point where y'all rush to Twitter and Instagram for Everything. every single dispute. You know when that all changed? When 50 Cent leaked that phone call with Young Buck crying on the phone, it basically substantiated to all the so-called gangsters out on the internet that anything is open season. You can do whatever you want, and it's cool. Like, you could, you could just air a nigga out that you was down with for 10 years, and it's cool. Like, everything is on the table. Like, once once we heard uh, Young Buck crying, I just get confused sometimes, bro. I don't know what's going on. Crying about that tax bill to 50 Cent, and 50 put that shit out. I was like, yeah, this is this is this is one of them watershed moments that like ruined the internet forever. Because now we see this shit every week. Somebody's exposing somebody else. Yeah, man. I I just be I be sick of y'all beefs, man. I, they they're tiring. They're exhausting. Like So here's something what Meek said. He said, uh, if they asked me about DJ drama in Khaled, I wouldn't speak. And I made millions on paper with Khaled. I'll still stay silent. I'm from Philly, and we don't wear our fitted hats like that drama. Shop at Michelin Nets. <laughs> that man never did a real charity in Philly in his life. I just be saying bit parts online because it'd be too much to say. I be wanting to be known I don't, when I don't rock with these goofies, and I stand on my tippy toes when I see them so there's no confusion before we even interact. Drama queen over these females. The biggest mistakes you can make in this game is having sex with the wrong females. Jealous men will try to destroy you quietly or find out a way to dislike you. All y'all can keep them gals. I like my family and friends more. It's sad. And I'm the meek of this generation. Nothing, nobody can't be hove. He laid this shit out for us. You got to make your own movie out here. That's that nigga-itis who the new hove. I respect that highly can't be redone. Drama be trying to divide and conquer. Uh, trying to divide and conquer. Drama basically started and powered that Meek and Drake beef. So to see him compare us again and cut Youngin off to where he can't barely speak so much, gat in his mouth. Wait, what? Did, let me see. <laughs> what did he say? He said, uh, I'm the Meek of this generation. Because somebody was basically saying, like, I think Meek is like the whole, the, can be the new whole of this generation or whatever, whatever. And people were saying, like, that's a compliment. And he, like, trying to explain why it's not a compliment. He said, I'm the Meek of this generation. Nobody can't be whole. He laid all this shit for, out for us. You got to make your own movie out here. That's the nigga itis. Who's the new hove? I respect that highly, and it can't be redone. Drama is trying to divide and conquer a feat. LOL, drama basically started and powered that Meek and Drake beef. So to see him compare us again and cut Youngin off to where he can't barely speak, where he can't barely speak, talking about Quentin Miller. He cut Youngin off where he can't barely speak. He got so much gat in his mouth talking about drama. Yeah, that's a tough read, boy. Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling yeah. trying to get through it, but now, I got to um, gotta translate for y'all. Basically, we're saying drama's a messy-ass nigga, and he tender dick over these hoes. Which, again, is the reason why, a, a, a secondary reason why the shit with Drake went on is because Drake fucked drama, one of drama girls or whatever like that. Last year I had drama girl. Yeah, not right not now. Not right now. Yeah. Drake is a he's a He's a mean, he's a sinister light-skinned nigga. Vow, <laughs> All right. I know niggas that hate Drake just being in the crib mad as shit some days. Like, what the fuck, man? Funny as shit. So he said he powered the beef between Meek and Drake. Yep. But he's saying it like in third person. Exactly. 
So he's not taking no account. No, no, okay. none whatsoever. <laughs> none whatsoever. Like, was that you tweeting? Like, <laughs> no, no, no. No, this ain't me. That was the Perkies. That was me, babe. Silly as shit. Yeah, then he posted some text messages talking about how Drama tried to confirm yeah. the tiny desk before he said whatever, whatever. It's rough out here, man. It's rough out here. I can't imagine being like an actual artist or oh, like an executive in the music. As industry. we go further, we when I start calling for favors, I'm using a payphone. Like, <laughs> call me. Back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm using. I need a you payphone. niggas having Billy to call me back. Yeah. <laughs> I need you to do this motherfucking podcast. <laughs> Oh, real shit, man. Jay was talking about drug dealing, but he said, uh, uh, in third person, I don't want to see him. It's like one of them Jones yeah. where it's like, yo, I got to have a buffer between me and you niggas, man, because y'all niggas is rough. Y'all, y'all screen, messy. Y'all screenshotting, y'all no. recording phone calls, all kind of shit. It's bad out here. Like, I've never had anyone ask me for any type favor anything and been like, oh, let me screenshot this. You know what I'm saying? Just in case, you know what I'm saying? Got to take it <laughs> Just to the gram. Like... Y'all are y'all y'all are crazy, man. I, I don't know. Some wild bulls. Y'all some wild bulls, man. <laughs> some wild bulls out here, man. Yeah. <laughs> some wild bulls, man. You remember the nigga who he worked out the county. He was doing like some ticket scam shit, some parking. Oh room. yeah, I remember that. He used to always wear a bow tie. Yeah. Or whatever. He used to be in a poker room all the time, and we and I remember seeing him or whatever. And I, I'll never forget it. Me and my homie was walking out of the casino. He was walking in, and black boy. He held the door for us, whatever. My homie was like, "Yo." He was a wild boy. And he just, like, looked at us like the fuck and kept walking. So I was like, you know him? He was like, nah, I seen him on TV, though. He about to go to jail. I was like, what? He said, yeah, he was stealing some parking ticket money or something. I was like, how the fuck you just walked up to us? He was a wild boy. Wild boy. He was a wild boy. Silly as shit, man. Um... I'm not even praying for y'all no more because God's sick of me at this point. <laughs> y'all beef too. God goddamn. has forsaken y'all. y'all. <laughs> He's y'all, sick of me and forsaking y'all. Y'all beef too goddamn much. Like you just said in that joint, it's going to be another beef right after this because y'all don't stop. Um, you would think that all of this money, all of this commerce. You think it would fix a lot of these like problems Even down to the whole start. shit about the hoes. Like, I, like listen here, man. I, I hate to be this guy. Okay. Finish your point, because I want to talk about the hoes in this entertainment industry. That's where I was like, I'm not in the entertainment industry. Yeah. Barely. <laughs> Vaguely. Adjacent. Adjacent. At best. Annex. <laughs> annex <laughs> at best. I'm annex <laughs> at best. And it's, yo, I walked out of my apartment today. I'm talking about, it was a bitch that held the door. It was a bitch getting out of the truck. It was this old head, real huge butt bitch. Just, we live in the middle of nowhere. I'm like, where is she walking to? Mm-hmm. Across the street. I'm like, yo, it's really just like bitches everywhere. Yeah. They're inescapable. So it's like to see y'all as like titans of industry and like power players of entertainment. And y'all are like, no, this nigga was near my bitch. <laughs> it's just yeah. crazy. Even over the same 19 holes. It's, it's, it's really, really absurd, man. Nuts. I got, I got a, uh, I want, I want to put this as, where uh, my hat, like, I want to put this, I want to put this as properly as I can. If you're in the entertainment industry, Drake probably fucks your girl. Like, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad Shit, news. you like, not in the entertainment yeah, industry. Like, it, it's shaping up that way. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know women that had sex with Drake, and they ain't no superstars. They just regular girls. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you are on earth, 
It's probably a 70% chance Drake has sex with your girlfriend. It just is what it is. It's just certain people. Like, if you're in that white world, it's like an 80% chance Leonardo DiCaprio has sex with your girl. Some niggas are just the, the what do you call it, like the alpha dog? Like, they just are, they just, it is what it is. Like, their 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 look, their wealth, their talent, and what is so distinct that women are just looking for them. It just is what it is. So it's like, you almost like can't even take the shit personal. So to hear drama now having a big a big ass issue with a, yet another rapper about a girl when you conspired with this rapper to ruin the first rapper over a girl is like oh this is a self fulfilling prophecy you gonna keep having these problems for the rest of your you know life. What's funny is I had a conversation with someone older and it made me like you know I was telling you I was like putting together a little like comedy bits or whatever and I had a conversation with him he's older he's a fifty some year old man. And he literally was like, I don't understand this new shit now with the flying bitches out. That's the thing now. I hear all the people talking about, like, oh, flying somebody out. Like, and it's these girls, they run around chasing after these rappers because the rapper fly them all these places. And I'd be like, yeah, it Absolutely. makes total sense. I'm like, see, this is the thing before civil rights when y'all couldn't do this kind of shit. You couldn't even ride the bus without I'm like, having problems. I'm like, but let. Let Duke Ellington had DM'd your mom. <laughs> she was <laughs> going. That bitch was going. <laughs> I'm going to get you a train ticket. <laughs> you coming? I'm like, let my fucking uh, Cab Calloway have DM your fucking grandma and be like, yeah, baby, you coming to Harlem. Like, they, they would have been doing that shit immediately. So, yeah, it's just the way it works, man. We just live in a different time period. Like, can't take it personal. It's the game. You say back in the day, Jordan came in the club, the most flooded the goddamn club when Jordan came in there. Baller oh. Alert was created around Michael Jordan. Yeah, dead ass. I watched the Air movie the other night. What'd you think? I thought it was really good. It's a really good, I just talking to Dan about I, it. I, it's I, a really good movie. I actually thought it was, the, what, what I liked about it was, you know they had Sonny, Sonny Vaccaro as a consultant mm-hmm. on the movie. So he basically, they got everything right. With like Phil Knight with his attitude, they got um him right, the designer of the first Jordan. They got it yeah. all right, as far as that. Mm-hmm. I still hate the fact that Jordan is like it's a Jordanless Jordan. Just some they come in the office and this nigga's like a like a autistic young boy. <laughs> he just walking around touching shit. Like where the fuck is Mike acting like that? But I get it. But the, it was very very. I thought uh, Matt Damon was excellent. Yes, I thought Ben Affleck was really good as Phil really Knight. Good. Even down to like his just getting him being like this self-centered but not self-centered genius asshole kind of a figure. Like it, it was, it was pretty good. Yeah, it was a very good movie. I, 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 I give it like a nine out of ten. I thought it was a very good movie as far as the storytelling, the camera movement, the way that they shot it, the backdrop of like Nike against um, Adidas and Converse and all of that, and then eventually Nike being able to swallow up Converse and buy them and taking the lion's share of uh, the sneaker market. It's a sneaker movie. Yeah, and it, and it puts it into perspective like, uh, y'all going to get mad. But I, I think that all of the stuff around Mike heightens Mike in the, again, likability. The mythology. The and myth- the we like the, the, the sneaks. Mm. We like come fly I got on Jays right now. We like the, you know, I want to be, I want to be like my, they played that at the end. Like, mm-hmm. they, we like all of this shit. Yeah, fucking, uh, what was it, Mars, uh, what was the Spike Lee shit? Mars. Oh, Mars. Uh, Mars Blackman, Mars Blackman, yeah. Mars Blackman of all of that. You know what I'm saying? The 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 it's the shoes, the shoes. It gotta be the shoes. Gotta be like, shoes, man. Like you know, it 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 was good. 
Yeah. I don't think it was a nine out of ten, but I, it was very good. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if I'm gonna watch it again, but I thought it was pretty decent. I, I think I'm gonna watch it again at some point. Probably not in the immediate, but I'm gonna definitely uh, watch it again. Yeah. I thought I watched was... I watched John Wick Ford this weekend. Uh, that's gotten horrible reviews. <laughs> Dog. The first three are like, yeah, this it's really bad. Like I, I hate to be that guy because I'm a John Wick fan. That shit is really, really bad. Like the 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 open the one of the opening scenes is him riding on a horse. In the desert, in the Middle East, shooting at three, uh, like, sheiks or whatever that are mm-hmm. part of the high table, whatever case may be. And it just starts off on a very ridiculous note. And that that whole plot point, like, went nowhere. It's a lot of, like, just dead-end, like, plot points. And almost where you're like, where is this going? And it's three hours of just the most ridiculous shoot 'em up bang-bang shit you ever seen in your life. Sort of like Equalizer 2. Worse. Equalizer 2 was one of the most baffling movies. Yo, Equalizer 2 was awful. Like, it was so many, like, subplots that were just yeah, like... Equalizer 2 was awful. Like, what's happening exactly? Remember he went in the projects and saved the kid? Yeah. It was just like... It, it, Equalizer 2 was one of those, like, head scratchers. Because the first one was so good. Like, yeah. And they're doing another one. They're doing a three. Mm-hmm. You know, Queen Latifah's the TV equalizer. Yeah, TV yeah. equalizer. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely never watching that. The, t- the TV equalizer. <laughs> the TV equalizer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely not watching that. It's funny as shit. Yeah, man. But I, I, I like the air movie when I watched it. I thought that John was pretty decent. Um, We got nothing else, right? No, nah, we got nothing else, man. Uh, as usual, on YouTube, make sure you subscribe. If y'all not subscribed, about 70% of y'all watching these hey, videos. Hey, Chad, through the IDR, we're going to start doing different, like, things for YouTube, yeah. man. We Down gonna... bad with Chad coming. Uh, I got an idea for a show for you. Matt knows, talking about, you know, all the different documentaries and all that stuff. Oh, okay, and, okay. Um, we also, you know, do some ancillary sports betting stuff and all that content on Patreon. Um, probably maybe not now because all of the sports is about to end. Right. We got some baseball bets. All right. Oh, we did do the t- the Tampa Bay Devil Rays the other day. I said it like a slave. Tampa, <laughs> Tampa Bay, Bay Devil, Devil Rays. Rays. <laughs> <laughs> Rod the other day was like, "Yo, take Tampa Bay um, over the Dodgers." And when he said it, the line was nine, yeah, nine and a half. And I was like, "Yo, they're gonna go over." And he was like, "Yeah, I like the over too, but I ain't fucking with it." So we just bet the Devil Rays straight up. The score at the end of the second inning was six to three. The over under was <laughs> yeah, nine and yeah. a half. You came back, it was six to six. You came back, it was eight to six. You came back, it was eight to seven. You came back, it was ten to seven. You came back, it was ten to nine. Tied up ten to ten in the bottom of the sixth. The Devil Rays won uh, in the eighth, eleven to ten. Yeah, these baseball they, teams are putting up but phenomenal numbers. They scored twenty one fucking yeah. runs in the game after the over under. Mind you, when the over under was nine and a half, and they got to nine real quick, it moved to thirteen. And I'm like, we should bet that. And they was like, no. Nah. When they got to to 11, it went to 15 and a half. I'm yeah. like, they're going to go over 15. When they got to where it was 8 to 6, it was at 14, the shit moved to 19 and a half. I'm like, it's going to go. We could have hit every, every single one all the way up the line. On that. that shit kept going up and up and up. Somebody the other day put up 20 runs. Yeah. Yeah. There was a Joan recently. It was like a 16 to nothing shutout. No, the other day somebody had 20. It was 20 to 1. Like, motherfuckers, did you see the game they did in Mexico? The, the, the over-under was 25, and the final <laughs> score was like 19 to 17. Yeah. Like, these motherfuckers is tweaking with these baseball bats, man. Yeah, baseball different, dog. Yeah. Baseball different. In the words of Rick Ross, don't you want to sell your memorabilia? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, yeah, down bad with Chad coming. Matt Knows coming. Uh, Big Dan's uh, art and culture show coming. 
We're going to be doing a lot more content for the YouTube space. YouTube exclusive. Not going to RSS, none of that. Strictly for YouTube. Yeah, we got to so make some money. We got we to gotta, we gotta oh, accelerate we, uh, this team. We, we got an announcement later this week, man, for our live show. Yes, that's indeed. Gonna, that's going to go on sale next week. Y'all not going to know because y'all not on Patreon. They get first dibs. <laughs> but um, live show, network signing party, brunch, yeah. all coming soon, man. Holla back. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.